Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Saving starts with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider.
See, this is the difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be scared. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? Thursday, July 21st, 2022, coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Birmingham, site of the SWAG Media Day on the Black Star Network. We'll talk with Commissioner Charles McClellan about the SWAG, uh, how they are looking to monetize uh, the conference. We'll also hear from head coaches Hugh Jackson of Grambling State, Deion Sanders. We talked to him, the head coach of Jackson State, about what uh, HBCUs should be doing to improve how they do business. Also, uh, a great conversation. I don't know how I got on fishing talking with Travis Hunter uh, and one of Deion's sons, uh, both Jackson State students. Y'all going to enjoy that conversation. Also, uh, we chatted with my man, John Grant uh, of ESPN, about how uh, HBCUs are doing well and how ESPN is expanding the footprint uh, to accommodate these HBCUs. All of that from uh, today's SWAC Media Day. Remember the story yesterday of the brother in Tennessee uh, where the cops busted down his door because he ran a stop sign and was driving 12 miles over the speed limit? Well, he will join us on the show along with his parents and their attorney. Also, folks, uh, the 8th January 6th uh, hearing will take place tonight where they will lay out a timeline of how Donald Trump did nothing uh, to stop what took place on that day last year. Folks, uh, and also several prominent African-Americans have passed away, uh, and we will have a memorial for them. Folks, it is time to bring the funk to Roland Martin Unfiltered. From Birmingham, on the Black Star Network, let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. day for the SWAC Media Day. So glad to have you joining us right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. If you want to see, of course, our live coverage, all you got to do is actually just go to uh, our 
Black Star Network. You see uh, everything we did, all the interviews we did today, the folks uh, who were here. Uh, but let's start with the U.S. Secret Service. Uh, they are facing a possible criminal probe in the deletion of text messages from January 5th to January 6th. Uh, NBC News has confirmed that a senior Secret Service official says agency employees received two emails, at least one prior to January 6th, reminding them to preserve records on their cell phones before their devices were essentially restored to factory settings. The Secret Service has also hired outside lawyers because this is now uh, fastly moving to a criminal probe. Uh, I want to bring in now uh, my panelists. Uh, of course, they join us uh, every Thursday. Erica Savage, uh, founder of the uh, Reframe Brain, Reese Colbert, founder of Black Women Views, Dr. Greg Carr, Department of Afro-American Studies at Howard University. Uh, I, I must say, uh, Greg, I want to start with you. Uh, this is uh, significant how fast this thing is moving. That, that, that again, this may, be able, be, may become a criminal probe because they may have broken the law by deleting these messages. Uh, there is no doubt, based upon this NBC News reporting, uh, that this was a deliberate act to erase these messages. That says a whole lot as to what potentially were in these text messages on January 5th and January 6th. Absolutely. Well, we know what was in them. We know that, at a minimum, what's in them is information as to what happened on the 5th and 6th. Uh, you know, those of us who are black, who watch the Black Star Network, who watch Roland Martin Unfiltered, have not forgotten that in the days leading up to January the 6th, there were uh, race incidents throughout the area around the White House. Remember, of course, Metropolitan AME Church. Uh, there are a number of things that are in those texts. And this is a coordinated effort by law enforcement, the Patterollers to cover their tracks. And when I say it's a coordinated effort, I mean, anytime you start talking about the Department of Homeland Security Office of Inspector General in October 2021, uh, warning, thinking about warning people that the Secret Service is blocking requests for text messages and then choosing not to do so, there's no other explanation other than you want to protect your brethren. These white nationalists are, have this thing on lock, brother. And as we wait tonight, to see uh, Liz Cheney can lead this uh, questioning tonight. And of course, we, we wish the best recovery, of course, for Council Congressman Thompson. We understand that law enforcement has drawn a clear line between us and them. And so this type of theater, a criminal investigation, well, if it's not going to amount to anything, I just say, save the theater. Let's just, you know, say it with your chest. You don't want you to be caught red-handed doing what you always do, which is what? Protect yourself before anybody else. Um, Reese, when we look at uh, what's going on here, uh, again, it says a whole, whole lot in terms of culpability. Uh, the fact that uh, the Secret Service uh, already looked uh, hiring outside lawyers, uh, how the uh, DHS uh, IG uh, also uh, has issues here. And, and here's the problem. Uh, the DHS Inspector General sat on the information as well. Uh, they, they have to be dealt with because they were aware of this six months, months ago, months ago, but said nothing to Congress. Yes, something is definitely not clean in the milk, obviously. You know, as Dr. Carr said, we've been saying on Roller Martin Unfiltered 
this was likely partly an inside job on many facets of this insurrection. And it's very suspicious uh, the way that these messages were intentionally deleted after they had already received notice to not delete them. And what's even more interesting is we have big brothers oh, hovering over us at every moment. They can retrieve text messages from everybody and their mama except for the damn Secret Service. So what is up with that? You know, I just saw an article the other day talking about if you delete a text message, it ain't really gone. So there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to recover the messages. But guess what? Once this turns criminal, I have this a sneaking suspicion that some of those people that deleted some stuff might be trying to cut a deal first to save their ass. But we need to know the extent to which the Secret Service was involved because, unfortunately, a lot of those people are still there. And one of the, uh, one of the head Secret Service people went to work for Trump and is now back at the Secret Service again. So he need to be the first one damn person out the door. Uh, isn't it interesting, uh, Greg, how all of the uh, where's Hillary emails people are uh -huh. real silent over where the Secret Service text messages? Of course. Well, I mean, well, it, it would be a lot more interesting if we lived in a nation, but we don't live in a nation. This is pure <laughs> politics. This is a pure yeah. po this is political. I mean, they're not going to change. They don't give a damn about Hillary's emails. They don't care about Hunter Biden's whatever. All these people care about can be summarized in a five-letter word, P-O-W-E-R. It doesn't matter. The rest of it is theater. The rest of it is theater. Rather than bog down, you know, rather than bog down and gotcha and this is the truth and not the truth, if we understood that better, we could cut a lot of this BS and get organized and try to get some power instead of trying to, uh, as Malcolm X might say, speak a language that they don't understand. Only language is power, brother. They don't care uh, about them. That's true. Um, this was a, a tweet. This was a tweet the January 6th committee sent out uh, just the other day. Uh, we can go ahead and pull that up. Um, it says um, the U.S. Secret Service system migration process went forward on January 27, 2021, just three weeks after the attack on the Capitol in which the vice president of the United States, while under the protection of Secret Service, was steps from a violent mob hunting for him. I mean, common sense says you don't delete stuff. So give me a break with this whole, oh, uh, no, nothing nefarious here. Yeah, it's definitely giving the dog ate my homework. Uh, okay, defense. Unfortunately, though, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged that it's term, turning criminal, but we've seen a lot of things kind of lead to nowhere. So I think what it really has to start with, it has to start with the top. If every every time these investigations roll around, they get the lowest hanging fruit and the leadership gets off scot-free. So I want to know what the folks that were also in the room with Trump, what their involvement is. Because there's a reason why Mike Pence did not trust getting in the car with the Secret Service that day. He knows something, called his ass in there and have him testify to, as to what his hesitation was. And let's get to the bottom of this, because we still have a president and a vice president who are, you know, relying on the protection of their families. And we don't want a sleeper cell agent of Secret Service people to decide to come back to life when it comes time to count the votes the next time. That's right. Look, I mean, what we're talking about here, uh, a bunch of people should be fired. Folks should be put mm -hmm. on administrative leave. Those things should be happening right now. 
Uh, and, and so, so bottom line, uh, if they, the people who were in charge, they should not be in any decision-making position right now. Put, uh, suspend them as we speak. President Biden should be a hell of a lot more aggressive. Uh, and Democrats should be far more aggressive in confronting this issue. Because, again, when you have the chief agency that's charged with uh, protecting the president and the vice president doing something like this here, this is a fundamental problem. This is absolutely, Greg, when you talk about an inside job. That, 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 that has to be dealt with. Absolutely, Roland. But again, I mean, uh, we have to think about what, how, do, how are we defining problem? It's a problem if we're talking about a country uh, that has a rule of law that is to benefit the people who live in the country. But that's not what we have. We have a country that is currently hurtling toward white minority rule and has been uh, seized by an oligarchy that has been enabled by a federal judiciary, thanks to Citizens United and everything that leads up to it, that can basically buy elections. Now, rem let's remember that just a few weeks ago, the House approved an amendment to the National Defense Authorization Act to compel government officials to prepare a report on combating white supremacist and neo-Nazi activity in the police and military. And the vote was 218 to 208. Every member of the white nationalist party voted against it. Now, last I checked, uh, Liz Cheney, who will be leading the, uh, the hearings tonight, is a member of the white nationalist party. Every member. Why wouldn't you want to investigate where the white supremacists and the and the neo-Nazis are in law enforcement. You know why? Because you already know where they are. They have infiltrated it. Remember, you covered this story when it was last year, when Jamie Rankin had the House subcommittee, Judiciary subcommittee, and they had the hearings, and the sister from St. Louis, the retired uh, uh, police sergeant, came in and testified as to how they are thoroughly infiltrated. What we will probably see, we'll see the, uh, a criminal investigation. As Reese said, people will start narking on each other. Heads will roll, maybe the top of the place. But what the problem is, not that there's a handful of bad apples, it's the bad apple defense, is that this uh. is not only thoroughly, uh, thoroughly kind of infested with white supremacists and white nationalists, the white nationalists and neo-Nazis who have thoroughly uh, kind of infested this structure are thoroughly in in infesting a structure that was already thoroughly structured to do what it's doing. So when we tell the president, the vice president, the question we have to ask is, which president? Which vice president? Smiling Mike Pence is a white nationalist, but he knows that he ain't as much of a white nationalist as the guy who was at the top of the food chain, and he knows who those guys are. That's what he, why he wouldn't get in the car. That's why his party will not try to investigate, because they don't need an investigation. They already know that they're there, and they're there on their side right now, which brings us back to that little five-letter word, power. Uh-huh. Indeed, indeed. All right, folks, going to go to break. We come back. We're going to talk with a young man uh, who was in... Uh, who ran into his home in Tennessee, cops busted through the door, chased him down, viciously beat him for running a stop sign and being 12 miles over the speed limit. We'll talk with him, his parents, and his, his attorney next uh, on Roland Martin Unfiltered right here on the Black Star Network. On the Black Table with me, Greg Carr, we connect the dots and reveal a big picture you absolutely need to see. We'll explore how all the recent Supreme Court decisions fit together, like hand in glove, with the long-standing and very patient agenda of the GOP. As one of our guests tells us, conservatives are playing chess, while the rest of us are playing checkers. And we're getting really close to checkmate. A black table you won't want to miss. That's next, only on the Black Star Network.
am Amber Stevens-West from The Carmichael Show. Hi, my name is Latoya Luckett, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, we told you the shocking story of Brandon Calloway, uh, the drive, DoorDash driver who Oakland, Tennessee, uh, who um, police say ran a stop sign, was going 12 miles over the speed limit, uh, afraid of something happening, uh, drove half a mile to his home, then raced inside. That's when the cops then stormed through the home. Uh, roll the video if we have it, folks. Stormed through the home, uh, uh, grabbed him, attacked him, beat him, um, as a result, uh, it, it is it's an unbelievable story here. Uh, and so, again, for folks who didn't see it, this was literally uh, what took place um, as uh, multiple uh, police agencies came through. Uh, and, and, you, and you see, I mean, this was video that was shot inside of the home um, as these uh, cops pursued him. So uh, we, um, we talked about it yesterday. Uh, and again... Uh, Brandon uh, failed to stop at a stop sign, again, driving 32 miles an hour in a 20-mile-an-hour zone. And the police say uh, that he ran into the house and was reaching into his pockets. Well, joining us now is Brandon Calloway, uh, also uh, his attorney, Andre Wharton. Uh, glad to have both of you uh, on the show. Uh, and, um, for, and Brandon... Uh, I, uh, just, just so you know, you also have a couple of fellow alphas here, myself and uh, Dr. Greg Carr. Um, so walk us through, Brandon, from the beginning, what happened on this particular day? What, what, what happened? You were in the car. Were you, you were a DoorDash driver. Were you finishing a delivery? Were you on delivery? Or were you just simply headed home? Walk us through what happened. Roland, can you hear me? Roland? Uh, yes, I hear you. Can you see me? This is yes, Andre. Uh, Andre? Yes, sir. Can you see me? Andre, you see I, can, I can see you and hear you. Go ahead. I can it, see you and hear you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. First, Roland, Mr. Martin, thank you for having us on. We appreciate the uh, awareness you bring to so many stories, in particular this one. Uh, it's unfortunate that we have to come to you in this in this form for this type of story, but, but we are where we are. Uh, I'm not uh, allowing Brandon at this time to really comment on the incidents uh, themselves, only because he still has a pending criminal case right now that we're sorting through and, and hopefully will work out viciously. Uh, but so him commenting on that, I, I just prefer to be the one commenting on that. I'm glad to kind of take you through what we believe have happened uh, regarding leading up to uh, unusual okay. and inhumane. Right. So, uh, so what happened? Well, as you indicated earlier in the lead-in, uh, it appears that, first of all, let me just give you a little backdrop. Brent is a college grad, UT Chad. I know you'll probably cover that a little bit here. Finished in uh, 2021, last year, a uh, degree in electrical engineering. Started his own business. His, his full-time business is a business doing loan closings. He actually goes mobile to various individuals. I think he had... Uh, to this day, he'll he'll clarify this for me. I think he's done a thousand of those. I don't know if he started his business while in undergrad or if he started that once he got out. But he he's an entrepreneur. Uh, this DoorDash was a, merely a part-time thing. His full-time gig is uh, with loan transactions, and so he'll he'll comment on that a little bit. But as far as the incident itself, uh, you all will have. I, I'll 
the access to the affidavit. We don't already have it, but the affidavit reflects that he uh, got to a stop sign. And they say it's it's kind of contradictory because they say that he was turning and then stopped. Uh, they first say disregard the stop sign, then they say in the next clause, which is separated by a comma, but he stopped in the middle of his turn. So whether or not there was a violation uh, to justify what happened next, the speed allegedly 12 over. Uh, they pursue him to his house. He gets out wondering why are these guys follow me. Obviously, as, as what goes through so many of our heads, particularly young African American males, not just young, middle aged and old these days, uh, what's going through his head is, oh no, I don't live in this town. My family does. That shouldn't be a criteria for, to be safe. But I know I'm an outsider. I know I have out of uh, county tags. Let me get on out of that way. I'm not sure how this is going to end up. So um, Brandon uh, is trying to enter into his home. He's professing to the police what happened, that he did not violate any laws. And um, he goes into the house for a point. There was some dialogue between the officers uh, and Brandon. Uh, at some point, the traffic stop calls uh, backup. And things just get out of hand from there. Backup arrives. Uh, the affidavit states that he basically asked the, the backup officer, asked the original officer, uh, do we want to detain him? The original officer says yes. Uh, and then all, frankly, all hell breaks loose at that point. Um, and uh, the officer entered the home. Uh, you can see this on that video, I believe, the video that you ran reflects this. They go in the home. Uh, the, the taser's out, the baton is out, and they're ready to go to work. Uh, I don't mean in a in a uh, cautious way, in a, in a law enforcement appropriate way. They go to work. They're going to work on Brandon uh, from what we believe was a vindictive, retaliatory response and just totally escalated. So they're if you can if you watch that video as they're entering, they're using the taser and they're they're swinging automatically when they come in. We believe they, they connect with Brandon immediately when they come in. They're hitting him, punching him with this baton, uh, and they run, chase him throughout the house, which you see there. And what really adds insult to injury, Roland, you probably watched this. If y'all watched this video a few times, you probably saw it at the end. It was so reminiscent of the, the George Floyd incident. I hate to even, every time I hear this video and watch it, uh, Roland, I couldn't see it when y'all ran it, probably because of the uh, virtual feature here. But anytime I hear it, it just, my stomach, uh, is unsettled. Uh, just to hear the sounds. I, I don't even have to watch the video, hear the sounds of it. But at the end of the video, towards the end, when right before Bland, uh, Brandon is being uh, walked out, bleeding profusely, you, you can see the officers, they have him on the ground. And one of these officers, I believe is the one with the baton, I could be mistaken, but one of the officers steps on his head and neck uh, as he's in a standing position just to add the exclamation point to this cruel and uh, inhumane punishment that they uh, inflicted upon him on the scene. So, you know, the, the other pictures just speak uh, a thousand words. I mean, he's taken out. I believe at some point he is unconscious at some point during this um, attack. And um, at some point you see in the photos where he's laying down on the ground, essentially prostrate, laying down, and he's just out of it. Uh, and the rest is, is pretty much free. He's transported to the hospital, treated for head injury, stitches. Um, he's suffered some eye um, uh, limitations in one of his eyes. 
required stitches, and he's, this treatment is going to be ongoing. Um, his symptoms that he's experienced, and you can talk a little bit more with him about that, but he's experienced the symptoms that are consistent with the head injury, the type that he sustained, and so it's just a rather unfortunate incident. Uh, Brandon, uh, if you can talk about that, uh, what uh, has uh, life been like for you since this encounter? Honestly, it feels like a very bad dream, just to cut it short. I just can't believe it happened to me, but I just thank God I'm still alive. Uh, your attorney talked about uh, the injuries. Um, what are you still dealing with on a daily basis? I'm dealing with memory loss, constant headaches, eye eye problems. When I see it looking at eye, looking the light, I can't really. It really hurts my head, and I can't really focus for too long on many things. Clearly. Um, with that video, you you were scared, and the, the, the home was it your home or was it a family member's home that you went to? It was my it was my father's home. And so uh, we saw different folks who were there. Uh, who was who was home at the time? Because we saw folk, different people on the video. It was my girlfriend and her friend. We were just in town just to hang out for the night. Uh, you have, um, you've talked to, there are different people who've reached out to you. I talked to our general, Alpha General President, uh, Lonzer, who said they've been in contact with you, uh, Andre and the family uh, as well. Um, I mean, you know, this is, um, this is one of those stories where we've covered so many where different um, brothers uh, ended up uh, dead with traffic cops, uh, with police. Um, for you, um, was it a matter of just uh, been absolutely just fearful that night of anything happening, uh, which is why you went home? Well, so Roland, Roland, Roland. Go ahead. Yeah, let, let me comment yeah. on Roland, that. Go ahead. Uh, uh, just, just to comment on that, I, I think uh, clearly the the fear factor is one that sets in anytime you are in a somewhat foreign area, as far as um, for for Brandon there, and I, I think that's just almost instinctual uh, for him to react, particularly when you felt you've done nothing wrong. Uh, and we've seen so many encounters end up where someone has done nothing wrong, and they've end up uh, ended up with severe injuries or or, or dead. And so I think clearly, um, I think clearly that was a uh, part of the thought process uh, on the part of Brandon. But let, let's not, you know, um, shy away from the fact that, notwithstanding the the basis of this traffic stop, whether there was a sufficient or lawful basis for it, the 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 the, the other story, and I think the bigger story here is what happens afterwards, and was there a disproportionate. Uh, use of force, and and I, I think that's that's that point uh, deserves really underlining, bold, and anatalicizing, uh, because so many of these situations, um, 
what they lack is a de-escalation as opposed to escalation. They quickly escalate. With proper training and pro proper implementation of the training would suggest a different outcome. And in and, and so many instances, so many of these uh, unfortunate incidents could be avoided just with proper training and, and proper implementation of the training. And, and we've got to—this is a shining example of what law enforcement should not do. I mean, I dare say that they should use this on their tra training videos to say, hey, look, we're going to give you five examples of bad police um, uh, operations, uh, bad police responses, and here's one of them. And then have their officers go through that and, and have them tell them why, what could have been done differently. I think this, this serves as an example of something that could have been avoided. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, Brandon has to be an example for hopefully future uh, situations of these encounters so that we can prevent it. Uh, well, that is certainly um, what many people are, are focused on. Um, first, Brandon, we're glad to see that you actually uh, are still alive because too many other brothers uh, have not made it out of these different uh, traffic stops. Uh, and so, so y'all, both of you certainly keep us up to date. Um, we follow this case to see what happens next. Uh, Brandon, as well as Andre, thanks a lot. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you, we appreciate it. Uh, thank you so very much. Uh, Reese, I want to start with you. Uh, this is a tweet that you sent out today uh, in response to a Sherilyn Eiffel tweet uh, about uh, President Biden soon uh, announcing uh, 30 money for the, for the hire and train additional 100,000 police officers. You tweeted hiring police officers needs to be the first thing on the chopping block during negotiations because this is absurd. Uh, and, and again, everybody, yeah, these people were tired. Oh, my God, crime is out of control. But you got black people who are saying, no, cops are out of control. Absolutely. I mean, my blood is boiling right now because that's some straight-up bullshit, what Brandon had to endure. And it's it's heartbreaking. You know, the, the videos we see and they go viral and they're spread around, you know, um, millions of views. But what we don't often see is the, the trauma for the people that survive these vicious encounters with the police. I mean, Brandon could barely even, you know, speak in that interview because it's obvious that he's so very traumatized by this. You know, we're obviously very grateful that he survived, but, you know, surviving isn't just the end of it, you know? It's just the beginning of the horrors right. that these police brutality victims have to endure. And so do black people want safer neighborhoods? Absolutely, we want safer neighborhoods. But we don't want the cops busting us upside our goddamn heads to make the neighborhood safe. If people want to get their door dash, and, you know, there's no reason for somebody to be getting harassed like that. Uh, running a stop sign, I, I've gotten a ticket for that when I was 16 years old. It's called a rolling stop, you know what I'm saying? And and the fact that they ran up in his house is, is just so appalling. I'm surprised it didn't come in guns blazing, but it's a citation. I have traffic cameras. I got, you know, parking ticket cameras right outside my house. Maybe they need to get rid of cops and put in some damn parking citation cameras. I will take Big Brother over these cops chasing people to their home over a damn so-called uh, stop sign and beating them up and, 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 and traumatizing an entire family. This, the, there is no solution to any of our ills in society that involves more cops, point blank, in the period. And I will die on that deal. Great. I agree with Reese. I mean, there really isn't a problem. 
in terms of law enforcement. These are pattern rollers. They are hunters. They are doing the job that they were Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand. Temp to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah. Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Set up to do at the beginning of this criminal enterprise called United States of America. And unfortunately, a job that isn't just in the United States, but is a job worldwide. You see these kind of problems worldwide. Of course, here in the United States, it has the added uh, advantage to the pattern rollers of being racialized. So it isn't just 
women, I mean men, it's women as well. We know Sandra Bland lost her life as a result of some bullshit like this. And so, you know, of course, as you say with Brother Brandon, who said the most important thing, he's just glad to be alive. Quite frankly, I don't know what I would have done in, in the face of being uh, the lights being switched on and me being that close to my family's house. Because had he completely complied with them and stopped, he may have been killed on the street. So it, one of the things that may have saved his life was that as those out of shape, punk ass cops taking the stairs in his house two at a time began running up, there were other people there. Uh, wow. They have all the, the they ha they have all the chicken hearted courage of those punk ass cops, almost 400 of them in Uval, Texas. Uh, so you know they don't like the fact that there were others around. So perhaps they didn't want to shoot that sister that we saw in the frame. And it looked like there was an American Negro wearing blue running through the house, wow. but you know it really doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, um, you know the issue, of course, of not having a warrant doesn't mean anything. These are hunters. Yeah. And so, in the, in the words of the retired Shelby County cop, and we know that this little community of Oakland is east of Memphis, uh, you know, he says, you know, well, he should have complied. They had to do something. You're absolutely right, officer. They had to do something. Because these N-words got to be shown who is the law in here. So if you, if we stop you, hell, he didn't even have to have a violation. 12 miles over the speed limit, a rolling stop, whatever the pretense was, y'all was out hunting. And y'all punk asses got involved. That adrenaline started flowing. And that insecurity that was bred after you came out of your mother's wombs and you nurtured throughout your whole life of feeling that somehow you were inadequate till they gave you a damn gun and a badge, kicked into overdrive, and you kicked in a door in somebody's house. So not only should you lose your job, please understand, y'all, this is why the legislation is important. This is why qualified immunity has to be erased. Because when they sue and when, it's going to be the tax dollars of people who should be protected by the police that are going to have to pay the settlement. And then they'll take that money out of schools. They'll take that money out of the fire department and other things. No, get rid of qualified immunity. Every punk-ass cop that is now on paid vacation while they're investigating should have to pay with his house, with his mortgage, with his car, and let his family be outside. And that's how you stop it. Now, in terms of going to jail, sure, you can send them to jail, but this is not going to stop until we fundamentally understand that these police were not out of order. They were not out of order. They are structured to do what they're doing, and in the society we live in right now, they have been encouraged to do it. So, yeah, I'm glad that, I'm glad that Brother Brandon uh, survived with his life. But as you said, Reese, it isn't just surviving the encounter. That brother's going to carry that for the rest of his natural life. And I don't know what I would have done in that situation. I don't know that I wouldn't have tried to get to my daddy's house rather than be killed on the street by these punk-ass cops. Uh -huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Erica, Erica Savage, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with everything that my, um, my brother and my sister have already said. And, I mean, these are effective stormtroopers. Reese has said this over and over again on his program, is that um, to be more litigious, and I definitely agree with Dr. Carr when he says that they need to lose their house. They need to lose their sense of stability. Uh, they need to effectively have to beg for everything that comes in their mouth and in their hands. And when, in, thought, in thinking about Brandon, you know, one of the first things that came to mind uh, to me with regard to um, the unjustified beating and trauma that ensued was that he is suffering from if not one, probably more than a couple brain injuries. Um, mm. His life will not ever be the same, and I can absolutely testify to that. 
Um, you see a person that is sitting before you and that's able to share a little bit. But I can remember in the beginning of my brain injury, I sounded the same way that I did. And it wasn't until a week or so later that my speech started to decline and that I started having issues with memory and that I started not being mm -hmm. able to see well and I lost the ability temporarily to read. So I'm thinking about the genesis of what he's experiencing and then experiencing something by slave patrol who this event is nothing more than a resume builder for that for them at this moment as we continue oh. to see more and more uh, law enforcement cops um, do these types of things to black folks that they're um, they're getting it on video um, and so this is really an effective way for them to be able to say that yeah I'm committed I'm committed to the cause I'll do whatever needs to be done I'll make sure that these people understand who has power, who will always have power. So definitely for Brandon and for all of those family members that had to watch that trauma, um, I hope that um, they can effectively be very litigious, but that this brother has an extraordinary road ahead of him. Um, and I, um, again, join in what everyone else has said, that he will never be the same. Hmm. Um, uh, indeed. Uh, indeed. So we're going to continue to cover this uh, story. Uh, folks, uh, today uh, in um, Minneapolis, uh, one of the four police officers uh, who, uh, one of the several police officers who uh, participated in the death of George Floyd by, by doing nothing, uh, actually uh, was sentenced uh, to prison, two and a half years uh, in prison. Uh, for uh, one of those uh, police officers. We, we, we've been covering this, of course. Um, and uh, why is this important? Because what it says is that uh, if you are a cop and you uh, stand around and do nothing, you can be held responsible uh, for uh, your actions. And so uh, today uh, in uh, a federal, <clears throat> excuse me one second, uh, in a federal uh, courtroom, uh, this uh, particular officer, again, got uh, two and a half years uh, in prison, Thomas Lane, uh, for federal civil rights charges for his role. And remember, he and two other officers, they were convicted of violating Floyd's civil rights uh, in February. He was the one who held down George Floyd's legs as he gasped for air while dying uh, after, uh, of course, another cop had his knee in his back. And, and I really do believe, uh, Erica, that th th why this is important, because we often talk about how other cops need to intercede when they see wrongdoing, and that is absolutely the case here. Yes, and understanding that the family was pushing for more time and that this was um, what the judge handed down, this sentence of about 27 months, it is important that law enforcement cops understand that when they actually participate in a crime, that they are being held accountable for that crime. And I really do um, commend and I really, you know, think um, so much of the George Floyd family having such a publicized death that brought about such a global response and still being in court to follow these situations through. This is something that is a message for all of us. It is about the follow through. It is about holding people accountable folks that have shields of power, people that have power protected, um, that they still continue to follow uh, as all of these different officers that were involved in the death of their loved ones are being sentenced. So um, as unjust as this may seem, and uh, we won't have him with us any longer, so that would absolutely be justice. 
to have that brother here still with us. I really do applaud the family um, for connecting. And this is also a legislative um, example as well, too, for people to um, take um, a message from as well that um, it's after the lights, the camera, the action, after the crowd has died down to continue to keep pressure um, on your lawmakers, keep pressure on those things that will ensure that your community and people that are responsible to bring in violence and danger and harm to your community, um, that they are held accountable. So um, again, um, definitely sending um, uh, a lot of um, warmness to the George Floyd family, and hopefully that people will see um, that they will be held accountable when they participate in the death um, of citizens. Uh, thing here, uh, Reese, for me, uh, another another great job by the um, um, Civil Rights Division of the Department of Justice under Christian Clark. I mean, what they are doing is holding people uh, to account. And yeah, this should send the message to any cop out there. Stand around and do nothing when one of your own is beating somebody or killing somebody. You, too, could go to prison. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the, the DOJ has really been excellent in terms of their enforcement of civil rights, which is something that we saw not being done across the board of the Trump administration, whether it was in the DOJ or Department of Education. Um, you know, I think it's important to leave no stone unturned in terms of federal and local charges, in terms of civil rights violations and other violations. I think two and a half years is inadequate because he was still physically involved in the murder of George Floyd. He didn't just stand around. He was physically pinning George Floyd down as well. But I will um, absolutely celebrate the fact that there is a jail sentence and there is accountability because we've seen cops blow people's heads off and still get off scot-free. And so I think every one of these pigs that end up getting, you know, convicted and sentenced even if it's not always adequate in terms of the sentencing, sends a message that, you know, you're, it's going to catch up to you eventually. May not catch up to 100% of y'all, but maybe that 2% that it does catch up with will give people pause the next time they want to do something like this. Greg? I would agree. Uh, I would agree. It's inadequate. It's better than nothing. And we know that the feds asked for six and a half years. And uh, apparently 145 people wrote letters in support of young Thomas Lane, relatively young Thomas Lane, rookie cop. Uh, of course, it's inadequate. It's better than nothing. But now my question becomes, what about these other two? Because, see, Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd, and Thomas Lane helped him. Exactly what Reese said. It had been different, perhaps, if he hadn't touched the body, but he held the man's legs down. And yes, he said, should we turn him over a couple of, should we turn a couple of, you know, apparently the judge, well, he said, Can't, should we turn him on his side twice? And uh, yeah, so what? Because if Roland Martin had leaned on somebody's neck and Greg Carr had, held the, had, the, uh, had, his, had his legs the whole time, if uh -huh. Erica Sanders had leaned on somebody's neck and Reese Colbert had had the guy's legs all the time, then we're going to get the same damn sentence. See, this Very is where we get word. to the deeper issue, the philosophy of murder. The, mm -hmm. These paddle rollers are state-sanctioned murderers. There would be no yeah. parsing out of the murder if it was us. The, the, the distance between what you do when you kill somebody and you don't have a badge and what you get when you do have a badge is the distance between civilization and barbarism. 
So mm -hmm. while we're counting the difference between years, we should be looking at the underlying philosophy of murderers, because these two murderers didn't get the same sentence. That's because they're all protected. Meanwhile, the rest of them, like these punk asses in West Tennessee, is kicking indoors, emboldened by the fact that the philosophy of murder is intact. And can I just say, to me, the whole should we turn them over is no different than taser, taser, taser. Because these right. cops set up yeah. their defense as they're murdering black people. They know what they do. They have the little buzzwords in there so that when it comes right. time, if sugar goes to shit for them and they face some kind of legal culpability, well, he said taser. I think they really thought it was a taser, even though it didn't look like nothing, nothing like a goddamn taser. Well, he said, should we turn them over? Even though he's pinning them down. So I don't give a damn what cops say when they're in, in the process of killing people. Because all it is is setting up some reasonable doubt, some benefit of the doubt, to try to get them off lighter when they do, should they have any kind of uh, criminal charges that they're facing. All right, folks, hold tight one second when we come back. President Joe Biden tests positive for COVID. We'll talk about that story. Also, we'll have uh, more uh, from the SWAC Media Day here in Birmingham. We'll hear from the commissioner, Charles McClellan, Deion Sanders, head coach of Jackson State, Hugh Jackson, head coach at Grambling State. We'll also uh, have, uh, y'all gonna really enjoy the, the fishing and golf conversation I had uh, with uh, a couple of Jackson State players uh, as well. Plus, we'll talk with John Grant of ESPN about how they are recognizing the power of HBCU viewers. That means you. Folks, support us in what we do here. Be sure to download the Black Start Network app, uh, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Also, when you support us with your dollars, it makes it possible for us to be able to travel to places like this to bring you the kind of news that other folks are not doing. Send checks and money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is $RM Unfiltered. PayPal is RMartin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell Roland at RolandSMartin.com. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jackie Hood-Martin, and I have a question for you. Ever feel as if your life is teetering and the weight and pressure of the world is consistently on your shoulders? Well, let me tell you, living a balanced life isn't easy. Join me each Tuesday on Black Star Network for a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We'll laugh together, cry together, pull ourselves together, and cheer each other on. So join me for new shows each Tuesday on Black Star Network, a balanced life with Dr. Jackie. We're all impacted by the culture, whether we know it or not. From politics to music and entertainment, it's a huge part of our lives. And we're going to talk about it every day right here on The Culture with me, Faraji Muhammad, only on the Black Star Network. Hey, I'm Arnaz J. Black TV does matter, dang it. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Jacob Lattimore, and you're now watching Roland Martin right now. Stay woke. Jamil Jordan has been missing from Fort Worth, Texas since July 22nd, 2019. The 19-year-old is 5 feet 3 inches tall, weighs 120 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Jamil Jordan should call the Fort Worth, Texas Police Department at 
877-4222-817-335-4222. Folks, for the first time, President Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID. Uh, the White House released this video of the president discussing his mild symptoms. Hey, folks, guess you heard this morning I tested positive for COVID. But I've been double vaccinated, double boosted. Symptoms are mild. And, uh, and I really appreciate your inquiries and your concerns. But I'm doing well. I'm getting a lot of work done. I'm going to continue to get it done. And, uh, and in the meantime, thanks for your concern. And keep the faith. It's going to be okay. At today's White House press briefing, uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre and COVID response coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha gave an update on Biden's condition as well as the new variants. This morning, as part of our routine screening program for the president, the SARS-CoV-2 virus was detected by antigen testing. This result was subsequently confirmed by a PCR test. Unquestioning, President Biden is currently experiencing mild symptoms, mostly a runny nose and fatigue, with an occasional dry cough, which started yesterday evening. Given that he meets USA Food and Drug Administration, FDA, emergency use authority criteria for Paxovid, I have recommended initiating such treatment. The president is fully vaccinated and twice boosted, so I anticipate that he will respond favorably as most, as most maximally protected patients do. Early use of Paxlovid in this case provides additional protection against severe disease. He will isolate in accordance with CDC recommendations. I will keep your office updated with any changes in his condition or treatment plan. I also wanted to provide you with a brief readout of the president's activities today. The president has been working from the residents, like so many of us have during this pandemic, doing calls with senior staff, including the chief of staff, myself, and Dr. Jha, who's here with us. As, as we read out, the president also called Senator Casey, Representative Cartwright, mayors of Scranton, mayor of Wilkesboro, and Representative Clyburn. The president also called a few of his cousins from Scranton who were set to attend today's event in Pennsylvania. And he spoke with Ambassador Giddenstein and Cornyn. You all have seen the photo he posted on and the video that was just released to all of you out of transparency moments ago. The president will continue to work from the residence. Today, as you all know, as I just mentioned, and as we sent out earlier, Dr. Ashish Jha, our COVID-19 response coordinator, uh, is joining us today in the briefing room. And as I tweeted out earlier, Dr. Jha and I spoke to the president this morning, and he said he's feeling fine. He has a little dry dry uh, cough, as I just mentioned from the doctor's letter, a little ro runny nose. Uh, he's feeling tired, but he's ver working very hard on behalf of the American people. And with that, Dr. Jha. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm pleased to be with you. Um, so uh, as Corinne mentioned, I spoke to the president earlier. I also spoke uh, at length with Dr. O'Connor, who is um, the president's personal physician. And I'm happy to share the readout of these conversations with you, and then I'm happy to take questions. In terms of my conversation with the president, uh, he sounded great. I asked him, you know, Mr. President, how are you feeling? He said, I'm feeling fine. Um, he said he was, he was feeling fine. He had been working all morning. 
Uh, he hadn't even been able to finish his breakfast because he had just been busy. I encouraged him to finish his breakfast. Um, in terms of uh, my conversation with Dr. O'Connor, we, we talked at length about what happened this morning. Uh, as Corinne mentioned, uh, the president got his uh, regular testing that he does on his, on, on his regular cadence. Uh, after he tested positive, he reported uh, these symptoms that have been described. Dr. O'Connor examined him thoroughly, he found his exam to be normal, to be at his baseline. Um, and, uh, and then, obviously, he recommended that the president take Paxlovid. Uh, the president accepted that recommendation and has started Paxlovid and has taken his first course already. Um, I want to also just take a minute. All right, folks. Uh, I would hope people now realize that, uh, again, we keep talking about it. Y'all, COVID is still real. Uh, and if y'all want to sit here and play around uh, and you don't want to get vaccinated, okay, go right ahead. But trust me, your symptoms are going to be a hell of a, hell of a, lot, hell of a lot more severe uh, than if not. Uh, what we're seeing with these variants, Reese, uh, we're seeing how people are impacted. Uh, and, you know, there are people who are just floating around like it's no big deal. Oh, forget mask or washing hands and stuff along those lines. Uh, I, fl I flew the other day and there was you know, the number of people who were, who were on the plane with no mask. I don't give a damn what they doing. Trust me. Roe going to be sitting there with a mask on, goggles, uh, and, and covered mm -hmm. up uh, because I'm not about to see. Look, I done had COVID twice. Ain't fun. Don't want to see a third time. Yeah, I mean, we are in the middle of a summer surge um, that you wouldn't be able to tell because everybody's out living their best life, which I can understand as well. And I'm telling you what, if I, you know, get it, it's not going to be from going to McDonald's. It's going to be from turning up a little bit. Um, but, you know, I think people have gotten a lot more relaxed when it comes to taking COVID protections. Maybe there's a sense of inevitability that they're going to get it and they're just going to get it however they get it. But the good news is that, you know, even with the variants um, having lower, would ha if you've had COVID before, you have lower immunity in terms of even contracting coronavirus. But if you are vaccinated, it's still holding up quite well, even with we're on BA5 now of Omicron, um, in terms of not being hospitalized and not dying. So we're in a much different position now than we were. And, you know, ultimately, this is all we got. All you got is a vaccine share because ain't nobody shutting down no more. Ain't nobody forcing people to wear a mask anymore. Nobody is doing anything except for saying, take this down, Pax love it or get vaccinated. So if you don't want to do that, then good luck, bitches, pretty much. So I'm glad that the president is in good health. Hell, if Queen Elizabeth can survive COVID, I'm sure Biden will be all right as well. There are a lot of ways to treat the disease, um, well, the, the virus. And, and the other thing I'll say is get tested. If you're out there, you raw dog in the air, you ain't wearing masks, you go and turn up and all that kind of stuff, get tested. If you have some symptoms, start to isolate because with the vaccines, People are developing symptoms before they turn infectious, before they turn positive on a rapid test. So if you feel a little tickle in your throat, if you have a little bit of a cough, it's probably best that you isolate for that day. It might take another day or two for a rapid test to, to, to go on. If you're going to an event, take a rapid test before you go. You know, these are the, some of the ways that we can stop the spread. If you're having an event, tell people they got to get a little rapid test. They're readily available. And I just think that's the responsible thing to do. But I'm wishing the president a speedy recovery. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, I don't understand, uh, Greg, uh, what, what the problem is with some of these folks. Uh, when I did my audio book, uh, the reading last uh, Wednesday and Thursday, um, man, I, I, I'll just start kicking in. So I was, I was just thinking, oh, my goodness, this is COVID. 
Uh, mm -hmm. Thursday took a COVID test, negative. Took a COVID test on Sunday, uh, negative. Uh, and again, that's that's the whole point of having the damn rapid test. The government is actually they give you for free. Yeah. All you gotta do is just just apply for it, and they'll, they'll mail it to you. Well, twelve. Yeah, they're, they're saying twelve. In fact, I'm looking over here at the package of much twelve right here. And for all the people that say, "Oh, they don't want," I don't want no free stuff. Fools. It's not free. Did you pay your taxes this year? That's what we paid for them. There's no such thing as free coming from the government. We paid for those things. So, yes, I'm looking at my packages over there. And, you know, and, and Erica, I, Erica and I last week were over at Sankofa here at a very important conversation we were having and participated in. And, you know, we had masks, but what we're not, what we're seeing is not the end of COVID, but the end of COVID protocols because people uh -huh. are COVID and people wearing masks as chin straps. And, you know, I came in with my mask on, but I put mine down and pulled out because there's this sense of, well, I guess we're all right. But then you feel that tickle. I taught summer school yeah. this uh, at, at Howard. This is my first. These are my first in-person classes since March 2020. Now I have been teaching nonstop. We've had classes all along. But I said, let me wow. go up here and see some people. I had the option of going on Zoom. But particularly for the, I have a class of, we have a class of student athletes, freshman student athletes, to football, volleyball, basketball players. I wanted to see them. And I wanted to see this afternoon class with these young people in the CAR STEM Scholars Program. This is our sixth year. I wanted to see them at least once. So I'm going to come up here. Mm -hmm. And as I traveled, people ain't got no masks walking around, come up on campus. People ain't got no masks on. Somebody got a mask on. And of course, the Vogue thing is they have the chin strap joint. So as if, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of compliant. So I get close enough. <laughs> And then I'm like, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm 57 years old. I'm not really as concerned about COVID, although I should be, because in, in the two-week average, we're up to about 130,000 new cases a day. Uh, hospitalizations are up 20% to about over 40,000. And deaths, which always lag, yeah. are up a third to about over 400 now. So I should be concerned. But I'm really concerned about, finally, long COVID. Because, yeah. you know, it's been, yeah. it's been decades since I played baseball. Yeah. I was a drum major in the band, but I did not pursue music. I make my craft with my mind. The thing that scares right. the hell out of me is Come that on. I'll start forgetting stuff. But that long COVID, yep. and, and I'm glad you saved Erica for last, because she is going to help us understand that not only is this thing not passed, even when we get past it, this BA5, which is 80% of the infections, I don't want to catch nothing that I have mild symptoms for. And by the way, shout out to Pete Buttigieg, who gave that boy from Texas, Troy Nails, his lunch the other day when he started talking about the 25th <laughs> Amendment. Go check your boy over there, that boy Trump. But at any rate, what I'm terrified of is that long COVID, man, because we don't know. Yeah. We do not know. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's where I am on it right now. And I'm looking at them tests. Y'all go get these tests. You already paid for them. Let them, let them mail them yeah. to your house and use them, as Reese said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't understand why, why people um, uh, um, resist this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Erica, it, it makes no sense. I mean, look, I have been in places uh, where... Um, I did not wear a mask. It all depended upon where I was, depended upon how many people were in the room, depended upon yeah. how far away I was standing from people, all those different things. Uh, but I guarantee you, mask is in the pocket, and then there are times when I'm putting yeah. it on, if I'm getting on the elevators, I'm in closed spaces. And so there are different ways uh, people can actually uh, do this. You don't have to always, you know, be like, like, seriously, for me, like, I don't get the people who walk around outdoors, okay, down the street. Ain't nobody around with a damn mask on. Okay, now that's just me. Okay, because kind of like uh, ain't nobody here. Now maybe 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 he's trying to block himself from pollution. Okay, I give you that one. You know, but but trust me, you know, it's like if I, I get off the airplane, I mean, yeah, I'm sitting here, ain't nobody around me. I'm probably gonna take my mask right. off. Uh, but it's just it's just common sense, and just, unfortunately, uh, there are too many uh, too many folks who are walking around uh, acting as if this is no big deal. 
Yeah, a lot of the common sense is lacking, and um, we really uh, should be definitely celebrating that we do have a competent leader who is demonstrating he, um, it was noted that, and he said it himself, President Biden, that he is double vaccinated and double boosted, as am I, and still exercise those very protections that you, Reese and Greg talked about. You know, I went to a concert, me and my partner went to a concert um, a few weeks ago and went to go and see um, my first boyfriend, my first rep crush, Rep Him, Big Daddy Kane, um, <laughs> a slate of other um, hip hop um, all stars. And, you know, we had incredible seating. However, I mean, the responsible thing to do, I mean, it was an outdoor facility. So when you're in an outdoor space, you want to get all the fresh air you can. It's not like you were talking about rolling being in a plane. However, when we got to a uh, space where we were a little bit close to the front, wore the mask, and then when we got comfortable enough because we'd been doing the responsible thing, we took off the mask and we absolutely enjoyed ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, I flow with them. Rakan made eye contact with me. Shout out to the God MC. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we enjoyed ourselves and we had a really good time, but we were able to have a good time because of what everyone on this panel has talked about. We have been responsible people. And so if you are being responsible, not doing uh, what the son of a Klansman did when he held um, office, which was listening to the likes of Joe Rogan and taking horse tranquilizers and telling people to drink bleach and sit up under a UV light, all of these really irresponsible things that really did contribute to people who are long haul, long haulers, as they're being called, for this new and novel virus, um, definitely attributed to folks' death. And just a real misinformation and disinformation, which Greasy specializes and talks about, that is very much so targeted to our community. Um, if people would actually peel back the layers of silliness and exercise, when you talked about rolling common sense, if you're going to be in an area that is pretty crowded, put your mask on. When you get to a space of fresh air, especially if you're out walking, you're out exercising, get all of that fresh air in. But absolutely, go and make sure that you are making use of the N95 mask. Make sure that you're making use of those vaccine tests that, um, as Dr. Carr said, that we paid for. And be responsible and wash your damn hands. Sing the alphabet. Don't just throw it up under water. Wash your damn hands for at least 26 seconds. And make sure that you are not participating in potlucks. I think if we kind of exercise some of the common sense tools that we can actually help <laughs> to encourage other people to do the same thing, too. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm telling you right now, uh, ain't going to be no damn potlucks. That ain't going to happen. Because first of all, mm -hmm. everybody can't cook. So let's just go ahead and go ahead and say that. That's number one. All right, y'all. I got uh, that. Ain't gonna happen. All right, oh, I gotta bro, go to a break. Before, we come back. We gonna break. show you. Before you go break, we can't let it just slide by that you yeah. recorded the audio for white people. Don't just let that drop. This is on the way, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's on the way. In fact, um, the uh, the bo two bo my the boxes came uh, to the house yesterday. So when I get home tomorrow, I will unbox them and unveil it, uh, and then uh, we'll begin uh, the push uh, very soon, probably as early as Monday, uh, for pre-orders. My goal, I want to hit twenty-five thousand pre-orders. Uh, and so uh, we're going to start pushing that real soon. The book drops September 13th. Uh, and so we're going to get that uh, going uh, real soon. Uh, we come back. We're going to talk SWAC Media Day. We were here uh, broadcasting uh, live today. We got some great stuff for you. The SWAC Commissioner, Charles McClellan, you'll hear from him. Uh, Deion Sanders, we had a great conversation talking about, uh, again, uh, how, black, how we have to change our business practices 
uh, as African Americans. It's a conversation y'all do not want to miss, y'all. We ain't talking just about sports. We talking about black people. Uh, so you don't want to miss that conversation. We'll also hear from Grambling State's new head coach, Hugh Jackson. Uh, also had a chance to sit down with John Grant of ESPN, where, he, where ESPN is recognizing the power of HBCUs. Some of y'all better, look, we've been trying to tell y'all, everybody understands the monetization of black people. We have got to begin to understand that too. And also uh, a hilarious conversation with one of the Sanders sons and Travis Hunter of Jackson State, us talking about fishing. Fishing. Y'all know I hate fishing. Uh, even though there's a fa- the, the most famous bass fisherman ever, name is Roland Martin. White dude, that ain't me. So we'll break that thing down, y'all. Uh, we come back. Uh, also, man, off script, Scotty's going to be joining us as well. Talk about uh, uh, a SWAC Media Day. Uh, and so, panel, y'all hold tight. We got some great stuff coming up, for folks, right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Don't forget to support us in what we do. Download the app, y'all. Black Star Network, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And, of course, join our Brina Funk fan club. I'm trying to explain to y'all, your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do, okay? We're not getting enough uh, advertising support and corporate support. And trust me, y'all make the difference. Uh, you make it possible for us to be able to come here. Look, I got understand. I got a crew of four people here in addition to me. We're here with our cameras and everything, giving a wide shot so y'all can understand. Look, we are here. Y'all, this stuff... This stuff just don't magically appear uh, in Birmingham. And so uh, this is this was our setup uh, that we're here. Uh, again, our whole setup, Pan right, Henry, you can check out, uh, you know, we, look, we've got the whole setup here. Uh, and I just, I just want y'all to understand, and again, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I, I'm, I'm always doing this because I need y'all to understand what we're talking about here, okay? This right here is our mobile fly kit, which allows for us to actually do the live switching and everything along those lines. Okay, y'all, this is $5,000. This Behringer portable audio board right here, this is $4,000. Hell, the case is damn near 1000 Uh We got four of our Canon C300 cameras right here. The camera and the lenses are $20,000 each. Then we got our light kit as well. I'll step and repeat our, our director's chairs. And so what y'all are looking at, literally, what y'all are looking at right now, just this set, this gear alone here is about 100000 Actually, yeah, because that a lot, that, uh, that, that LU800 over there, uh, which is how we uh, able to live stream, uh, that's $12,000. So what you're looking at here is $100,000 in equipment alone. And so that's why, so I do that, and I love these people who are sitting here like, oh, Roland Martin, you be begging for money. I'm sitting there going like, well, first of all, um, it's not begging, it's called uh, people who support what we do. And so when we are here, when we're, when we're traveling, look, we, we, we're not gonna be janky. I, I wanna be real clear with y'all. We don't have four iPhones set up. Okay, all right. We want to be the real deal. ESPN was here earlier, and I'm telling you right now, I put my setup up against what ESPN had, and trust me, Disney owns them. Disney owns them, and so just understand what it is. We we believe that black people deserve quality. 
We believe you need to see quality in terms of how we look, the cameras and the lighting, and that's what we deliver, and that's what we are all about. And so uh, that's what we make point blank and what we try uh, to lay out to you. And so, again, support us in what we do. Checks and money orders can go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is $RM Unfiltered. PayPal is Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at rollingsmartin.com. We'll be right back. Deborah Owens, America's Wealth Coach. And on the next Get Wealthy, have you heard that it's not how much you earn, but how much you keep that matters? Well, the secret to building wealth could be hidden in our tax code. That's right. Joining me on the next Get Wealthy is someone who calls herself the gatekeeper to the IRS. And she's going to be sharing the secrets and strategies you need to know whether you're a business owner or an individual, how you can get wealthy. That's right here, only on Black Star Network. Sexy to me is the exact same feeling uh, as running water, ever flowing. Water always finds a way to get through. And so when you know that you're sexy, uh, there are no questions about it. It is an ever-flowing emotion. It is an ever-flowing feeling. Mm -hmm. When you question it, though, you stop the water. Mm. I, I actually I struggle with this a lot, mainly because I've been told what sexy should look like, what it should feel like. As a model who did Sports Illustrated, you're told that this is what sells sexy. But then you travel the world, and what's sexy to one person is not sexy to another person. Um, I'm more of a mindfuck kind of person. Uh, how can you how can you stimulate the brain? Mm -hmm. To me, that's that's sexy. Next on the Black Table with me. Greg Carr. We connect the dots and reveal a big picture you absolutely need to see. We'll explore how all the recent Supreme Court decisions fit together, like hand in glove, with the long-standing and very patient agenda of the GOP. As one of our guests tells us, conservatives are playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers. And we're getting really close to checkmate. A black table you won't want to miss. That's next only on the Black Star Network. I'm Bill Duke. This is Diala Riddle, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. Stay woke. today uh, for the SWAC Media Day. All 12 team representatives uh, were here. We kicked things off our live coverage. We were live for about four hours. We talked with uh, Commissioner Charles McClellan about what is happening with the SWAC, how they are growing, how they are expanding, and how they are monetizing blackness. Here's our conversation. McClellan, how you doing? Doing well, sir. Thank you for being here. Uh, got lots of, um, lots of uh, energy uh, in the room. Let's talk about 
you know, where does the swag stand? Uh, you've uh, obviously the attention of Deion Sanders, but now you've got Hugh Jackson at Grambling. Now you've got Bob McDowell at Preview and University. Uh, now you have all these different things happening. But what is the state of the SWAC? Uh, the state of the SWAC is extremely strong. When you look at just from a football perspective and you look at the coaches, it's a who's who of football. And I think that's ultimately what SWAC has always stood for, and we're able to manifest that now. Coach Prime, obviously, uh, has a really big name, but from a coach's perspective, Hugh Jackson, former NFL coach, uh, Eddie Robinson, one of the best linebackers that ever came through Alabama State and one of the best linebackers that ever played for the Houston Oilers. Again, I said this earlier, not to put Eddie Robinson's business out there, but he got plenty of money. He didn't need to coach. He came back to his alma mater mm -hmm. to give back. That star power, that name brand, Bubba McDowell, Houston great. I watched Bubba play a whole lot with Love You Blues and Warren Moon. He's in the SWAC now. You look at the recruits that we have coming in. SWAC is a very vibrant league. We're very popular now. We've grown. We've expanded. And it's hats off to the coaches and the administrators that got it. So there. how do you translate that into monetization economics? Well, it's already been translated into monetization. We've gone from being in deficit to clearing that deficit to having a robust uh, reserve to having the largest distribution to our membership in the history. And what is that? Well, we distributed over $8.4 million to our membership this year. And with the addition of some of the deals that we've currently made, we're ranking now within the top three of all FCS. And within the next seven years, we'll be number one and we would have outranked some FBS conferences. So it's growth. Uh, that money goes back to the membership. And that is why we're strong. And that is the reason why we're strong together as 12. And I would like to say this. At no point in history, in my opinion, that our league has been as solid and as strong as it's been. All 12 member institutions are on the same page. All 12 presidents are on the same page. And that's what makes a conference strong. You have, obviously, your major conferences to talk about a, a realignment. Uh, are you comfortable being at 12 or are you looking at future expansion? Well, we're definitely comfortable at being 12, but we will always look to see how we can enhance and grow. Uh, the question that I've been getting here mostly is about this super conference notion. SWAC, let's make no mistake about it, is a super conference. We have every major Division I HBCU from Texas to Florida. But we have no, we have no plans to expand from sea to shining sea. We do not want to ship teams from one coast to another. If there's an institution that fits our brand... And that's because there's, a, there's an economic there's cost an economic to that. economic cost to it. If it fits our brand, if it fits our academic profile, we're going to be open to look at it. We established a sustainability committee, uh, which is comprised of several presidents and others throughout the conference to take a look at the landscape and not only ensure that we're in position to be able to look at individual schools coming in, but to ensure that we're doing what we're supposed to do to maintain the stability of our 12-member institutions. And again, that goes back to me creating those revenue sources that we give back to the membership. There's one school, uh, you could probably guess who that is, but based upon their academics, based upon their competitiveness on the field, the Southwestern Athletic Conference distributed over $3.2 million to them. And that's about 25% of their revenue. I saw one of your interviews where you kind of compared us to Texas A&M. If you look at Texas A&M and what they got from the SEC, 
they get about 23% of their revenue from distribution. So if you want to compare apples to apples, the Southwestern Athletic Conference is doing for its member institutions what the SEC is doing for theirs. So on that point about distribution, and for people who don't know, are your resources distributed equally among the schools? Well, at the end, once our budget is balanced, it's distributed equally. But there are some unequal distributions based upon competitiveness, based upon what you do academically. We give academic incentives. We give Got competitive it. incentives through our sponsors. We put their names on some of your games. You get dollars from that. So uh, we give all of our academic money back. Some conferences do not do that. So we want to pour into our schools. So everybody does not get the same. It's based it. on your competitiveness. And so you sort of have a scale of different things there. Yeah, so if you go and play in the SWAC championship, you keep that revenue. That was over $1.5 million for Jackson State. If you go to the Celebration Bowl, you get that money. Uh, if we put a sponsor on one of your games, you get that money. After all of that's done, whatever the conference office has left over, we equally distribute that money as well. So if you don't win anything, you can get a distribution. Um, you early, in, in earlier, you, t you mentioned something about um, uh, ratings, linear versus digital, uh, in terms of uh, on, on ESPN. Uh, uh, talk about that again. What, 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 explain what you were talking about. Yeah, ultimately what we have is we had an unprecedented amount of games on linear television with ESPN. Uh, how, so many, how many games did you have on? Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think it was like 12 or 13 okay. on linear, and we had another 30 or so that were on digital. But I apologize. I don't know the numbers exactly. But when I looked at the ratings, ESPN, the higher the, the higher the number on ESPN, the more views you get. Right. ESPNU doesn't get as many views as right. ESPN2. Smaller distribution. Smaller distribution. But when you looked at our numbers uh, on Plus, we had some games that had more people watching on Plus than we did on those ESPN2 games, which again— Many of your SWAT games that were on ESPN2. Correct. Got it. Which means that the popularity of our games are through— the roof and you know we have this debate about linear and digital you know television is going a lot more digital yeah now. and my point was there are numbers in digital as well as there oh, absolutely opportunities in uh, HBCU go deal has that been signed are there games that are gonna be on there yeah it has not been signed yet we uh, it's in the lawyers everything has been agreed upon they have chosen their games. We haven't been able to announce it yet simply because we're waiting on the lawyers to get all of those T's crossed and the I's dotted. But we expect that to happen here in very short. Last thing, have you concluded your uh, in this uh, this back and forth with Urban Edge Networks or is that still, what's, what's the status of well, that? Well, not going to comment on any pending litigation. So that's, that's still ongoing? Not going to comment. Uh, the other piece for you, you're not just about football. So what are, you not, what are you also trying to convey to sponsors in the audience about the other SWAC sports? Well, that we are as strong in the other sports as we are in football. If you look just from a basketball perspective, our net ranking has risen almost 100 points on average. We were the lowest ranked uh, with all 12, and we're still down, but we're starting to build. We're starting to build, and that's ultimately how you get out of that 16th seed of the play-in game. We had two individuals that were drafted in the MLB draft. We had two drafted in football. We had 23 signed as free agents. We have several basketball that have signed free agent deals. So our conference is extremely strong. It's extremely vibrant. If you want to come here, 
and you want to get a quality education, if you want to get on TV, if you want to go pro and you want to make some money, SWAC is the place for you. All right. Well, Commissioner McClellan, uh, good to see you. Uh, and a uh, long way from our prayer view, uh, but uh, it should be uh, an exciting year coming up uh, for your member institutions. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Deion said they, they plan to dominate, so I'm sure the other coaches are, are happy to hear that. Hey, I just need a celebration bowl win. Regular season for me will take care of itself. Got to take care of business in the celebration. Okay. All right, Commissioner. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. We'll see you at the MEX WAC. Bring our panel back into this, uh, Erica Risi and Greg. Uh, Greg, I'll start with you. Monetizing our culture. Um, and, and that's the thing. We're going to talk more about that when we play the interview with Deion Sanders. Uh, but this is a perfect, perfect example uh, when we talk about our institutions, when we talk about how we operate as the collective. Uh, for far too long, frankly, uh, our HBCU sports programs have been wallowing uh, in debt, have been, oh, we can't do, this, can't do this and can't do that. No, game now changes. The digital spectrum has changed the game as well. This is the moment for black institutions to be going to the next level uh, and whether you're talking about an HBCU athletic conference, whether we're talking about black-owned media, whether we're talking about uh, black organizations. I agree, Roland. That was an intriguing conversation, brother, and a very important one. I think we are at a critical moment that is really part of, I suppose, as I'm sitting here thinking about listening, it's almost like a three-act play. Act one was apartheid, Jim Crow. That's when you had the HBCU rosters because of apartheid. Literally, the best athletes, student athletes, I might add, excellent in the classroom as well as on the field, in the country, some of the best in the world, across sports, football, basketball. This is the period. And then there was desegregation, which really for college athletics became an, uh, a route for these historically white schools to cherry pick the Negroes they wanted. And during that period, there were still phenomenal athletes at HBCUs who went on to achieve incredible professional careers, Tutal Jones, Tennessee State, the great Jerry Rice at Mississippi Valley, of course, Walter Payton at Jackson State, so forth and so on, Doug Williams at Grambling. And now we are in Act Three. Having cherry-picked from the HBCU rosters, these historically white colleges run as plantations, using black slave labor to enrich themselves, at least at the top of the food chain, as Bill Roden has written in his book, $40 Million Slaves and Others, not just the professional game, but the college game. And for years, cherry-picking the brains of the best black college coaches. I think of Joe Gillum Sr. at Tennessee State, for example. The pro coaches would come and, and pick his brain because many of the things you see in professional football now were cherry-picked from the minds of black coaches like Eddie Robinson and, and others and, and John Merritt and others. But in Act Three. Now, but particularly because of the white nationalists and the racism that is now uh, impacting our people, you're seeing black folk begin to turn to black institutions again. But these people don't want to lose their sugar berry. They don't want to lose their plantation labor. That's why Nick Saban gets mad at Deion Sanders at a point, because you could see a sea change. But what that interview you just did today brings to the fore is the real issue. This is why Deion Sanders comments the other day about, you know, us maybe looking at traditions differently. It, it, you know, it's probably a little bit problematic for me because those traditions were the same from apartheid through desegregation to this moment of fascination with blackness. And, by the way, white bands like LSU and Ole Miss 
copying HBCU band songs, like talking yeah. at the side of your neck. Check that out. What you see now is the SWAC is saying, we will move forward together. See, I don't know that I trust Deion Sanders not to make a leap. Maybe Jackson State does what Hampton did, what Howard had talked about doing. We want to go to a white league. What my alma mater, Tennessee State, made a mistake and did years ago going to the Ohio Valley Conference. But the SWAC is saying, no, we will be. The MEAC, we will be. And even though he can't comment and he says we ain't going to be coast-to-coast league, I got my eye on North Carolina and t I wish Eddie George and Tennessee State could convince them to join the SWAC like we should have done decades ago. But we are now in the end game. We are now in the end game, Roland. And so that interview and the one you're about to show us with, uh, with, with Coach Prime are going to be very crucial because we can't just be now individuals. Because these white boys are playing and they realize if this thing goes left institutionally, this whole structure of plantation labor could collapse. And make no mistake, they will start making overtures they already have, I'm sure, to Coach Prime at Jackson State. They'll start making overtures to Gramlin and say, well, why don't you leave them other Negroes and come join us in this revamped Big Ten or Big 12? The day, it may not be that far off. So that interview today, man, I think that should be played on a loop for us to understand. Individuals don't beat institutions. Yeah. <clears throat> Reese, we're going unpack- to unpack this thing further for the interview I'm going to play next with, uh, with, with... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Coach uh, Deion Sanders. But, but what we're talking about is literally what we're doing here at the Black Star Network, what we're seeing happen in other ways. What, what, what I keep yelling and screaming to black people is that we have made other people uber rich off of mm-hmm. our culture. Yeah. yeah. And if there is any moment for us to say, how about we make ourselves rich? How about we employ ourselves? And again, that, that quote from the nation's first black newspaper, we wish to plead our own cause. Too, too long have others spoken for us. I mean, you know, this is the moment. And so... Uh, this is why every school, every athletic director, every president, uh, every coach, every alumni president must be looking at this thing differently, trying to say, let's go out and get the best, uh, the best and the brightest of African-Americans who are, do- who are lawyers and accountants and media experts to know how do we get our full worth in this moment. Absolutely. I mean, I think Dr. Carr laid it out. I mean, the the difference between the success is going to be if people use it as a launching point or if they use it as a point to rise together. You know, unity is the strongest and yet oftentimes most untapped part of the Black dollar, of the Black uh, coolness of the black factor, black culture. And so if, 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 if coach prime and, and other coaches that are starting to see success, if they can stick with it, they can help really usher in a whole nother chapter where it's not looked at as a junior kind of league. I'm not saying I, I'm using it in a non-sports probably way, but it's not looked at as, Oh, well, oh no, that's no, no, nice, no, 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 that's no, 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 but that no, 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 no. But, but, but the way you use it is proper. Because it's the same way folks said to me, I didn't have a real show because it was on TV One, even though we shot it at NBC News Channel, which is where right now, right now, where where NBC does all their shows out of D.C. is the exact Mm -hmm. same studio where I did my TV One show. Right, right. But black people are like, oh, you're not you're not you're not real or legit. That's but that's a mindset that we have accepted because of what they have always told us. Exactly. And too often we're too excited to see black people that are the cool 
in the white spaces, when we could support black people when they're in the black spaces. And so I think that this is a really powerful moment. I think we've seen a lot of the momentum die down from this so-called racial reckoning, but I'm glad to see that this is one area, particularly as it relates to HBCUs and, you know, HBCU sports or the SWAT conference, where, you know, there's still, it still seems to be going in the right direction. But the, the, People are watching and they're paying attention. They're paying attention. And as soon as we start to get our act together, as soon as we really start to realize the power that we have, that's when they want to swoop in. So if we can stay united, this mm -hmm. could be a game changer. And this could be the new cool. This could be what people are looking for, looking toward, instead of saying, ah, you know, that's just the black conference over there. That's right. Mm. Yep. Erica? Yeah, I mean, uh, Dr. Carr referenced the book. I was very proud to be able to pull it off my shelf. I read this book probably about 10, 12 years ago, and it definitely shifted my uh, outlook on how I saw black athleticism. And to Reese and Dr. Carr's point, you know, we look at blackness and people are, we're the blueprint. We are the standard. We are first. And so from the top of our head, the crown of our heads down to the soles of our feet, we see our culture, we see our likeness, we see our image, we see it duplicated in so many different areas because we pay the price of coolness for then everybody else to swoop in and colonize it, uh, take advantage of it, um, monetize it to make it seem as though it's always been there and it's always been cool when black people actually pay the price for it. You know, I think about growing up on HBCU campuses and I think about my late grandmother who was the first college graduate in our family. She was at a then Albany State College and we had a big tradition in my hometown of Albany, Georgia, now Albany State University, of everybody coming home for homecoming. And that was such a huge deal. So being raised, even though we were a Marine Corps family, knowing that we were going to come home for homecoming every October and see people and be immersed in the culture, um, the swag surfing that was happening even before the song dropped out years ago, seeing the dancers, the camaraderie, being on the yard was all as a little kid even more powerful, and it makes me think about NYSP, the National Youth Sports Program, which was prevalent along HBCU campuses. And so um, those of us that were young people, we spent summers at NYSP being really baptized in HBCU culture, getting a taste of what was to come before us if we did choose to attend college. So I think that, you know, what is before us is, as Greg and as recent as you said, Roland, is a real opportunity to say that this is ours. And no longer will you continue to cre create $40 million, $400 million, $251 million slaves. This is ours, um, and, and you can't have it. So I think that this is an excellent opportunity for us to stand our ground if that is um, the path that we choose to move forward on. Yes, teach. Folks, many of you have heard me say I'm tired of us having surviving conversations I want us to have thriving conversations. Well, uh, that pretty much uh, was uh, the discussion that Coach Sanders and I had today. And let me set this up for y'all. So I was actually interviewing uh, Jackson State's uh, athletic director, uh, Ashley Robinson. Uh, and so uh, Dion, being Dion, he sees us. So he literally walks over, grabs one of our Roland Martin Unfiltered Director's chairs, and just decided to walk himself into the interview. And so here's that conversation. 
I think your aunt's about to get, you about to get busted up. I, I see, uh, I, I see. <clears throat> so he I, just, <laughs> he just, just busted, just busted up your interview. Uh, but, but, but you know, that's what Coach Prime do now. We, we, we like to bust stuff up now. <laughs> Get on my knees hold on, hold on. Pass on the mic. I didn't know if to get on my knees and bow or do the Dougie when I saw him. That's look, how good he's looking. I told, I, and, and then, I, then I had to hit with the cobalt blue oh, socks, you did, too. You did. You, you know. Did, you did that. I'm sure I'm sure Salute would be very happy yes. uh, with the look. Yes. Uh, Coach, uh, first of all, um, how you feel? I'm feeling good. I'm getting better and better day by day. I am. This You had a great season last year, but uh, it's going to be different because you were in pain. At the conclusion. You were dealing with coaching and dealing with your health challenge. Yeah, we dealt with a lot that people don't know about. But you know what? Uh, God sustained me and saw me through. And I had a wonderful team of support around me, including my team. And we got through the storm. And I'm thankful for it. We were just talking about the modernization. Uh, no, he answered it. So you, you can answer this. We were talking about modernization. And what I've said is we've been successful in making a whole bunch of other people rich off of our culture. True. I've been saying now it's time for us to make us financially um, p- powerful who, from who, our own culture. Who is us? <clears throat> I mean, no, no, no. When I say us, I'm meaning African Americans, black people True. who are creating apps, True. black people who are creating media companies, True. black people who are creating uh, technology companies. True. And I'm like, yo, you know, you take t- technology. Boy, we we took Clubhouse from nothing to a four billion dollar valuation in nine months. Right. Isaac Hayes III out there creating a fan base, right. uh, building that social media app. I got people coming up to me saying, man, <clears throat> I really wish you'd get a show on MSNBC. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. How about I create my own uh, my own uh, media company? We, we got we to still stick together. That's the problem. We do it and we're separate. In silos. We got to do it in unity. Because something that I may be great at, you may have the other piece of that. Right. So that we're exceptional. Right. But I don't want to hoard that because I don't want you to get in right. that, and that's the problem. See, right now, that's what's happening with the swag. Now people are starting to see value in the swag, so they come in from everywhere. They want to invest in this. They want to put money in that. They want to be a piece right. of that. You let's get together and talk about this instead of trying to get something and just shift from it. Right. Yeah, we need to unify and, and make it. Uh, we need to perfect it before we package it, then sell it. Well, the night before he was killed. April 3rd, 1968, in his speech at Mason Temple, Dr. King said, black people individually are poor, Mm -hmm. but collectively we have one of the largest economies in the world. Yes. He said, if we don't practice collective economics, then we don't move forward. That's what he said the night before he was killed. Not one lie told. And we're still in a deficit when it comes to that. That's what we're trying to do. And I'm thankful for this man granting me the opportunity to come here and do what God has called me to do. But it, it does not come with that complications. Oh, yeah. It does not come with that ignorance and adolescence. But we're fighting and walking through the storm because we're challenged to get it done. And we're going to get it done, ain't we? Yes, sir. We're going to definitely get it done. When you talk about this amount of attention, uh, you've always understood marketing, understood media. And what is also, what now happens is, you talk about the collective, other folks now have to realize Hey, guess what? We've been asleep at the wheel. We got to be far more aggressive with social media. We got to be far more aggressive uh, in, in in communicating a message. Uh, and right. I've always said that HBCUs have been a potential gold mine. I love the word you the words you chose are so spectacular because it's potential. We got to get our business practices better, my brother. 
We got to understand our worth and we got to clean up our house so that we can reach our full potential. In my young tenure as a coach and uh, working with this man has been tremendous, but we, we've gleaned from one another and we're trying to elevate and not just elevate with us at Jackson. We, we're trying to elevate the whole entire swag because of where we've been. Right. See, it, it's something for some of these other media outlets to talk that talk, but ain't too many of them have been where you've been and what you've done and what you've accomplished and what you're still accomplishing. So when you're talking, either you're going to keep going ahead or you're going to stop and wait. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge. We don't want to stop and wait, man. We're trying to go. We're trying to go and we're trying to advance every darn possibility of Jackson State and Jackson State football. I did a, a breakdown on my show uh, when y'all made the decision uh, to pull out of the Southern Heritage Classic. And um, we had this whole big back and forth with my audience and I explained to them, I said, uh, I said, guys, I said, I didn't go to HBCU, but I was spoken on 65 of <laughs> 65. I said, now, a bunch of y'all ain't even been to 65 HBCUs. So I've had 65 conversations with presidents, right. with ADs, right. with professors. I'm like, so don't act like I don't know. Right. And I was talking to one who said they couldn't bring their band to a classic because they wouldn't get enough money. I said, if you can't bring the band, I said, that go with the football team. And I'm like, guys, I said, this comes down to economics. It comes down to how well, it do does we... not come down to economics. Right. I said, in America, there's only one. In sports, just sports. What does not come down? All this movement in these in SEC. It's all money. You know, it's business. So what does not come down to economics? Right. So if we make a decision or we, don't you think we've sat down and really talked about it and analyzed it and say what's best for the kids and what's best for Jackson State? business, man. See, you said something that I love when you said when you, when you said, what does that mean doing it for the culture? I was yes. I saw the video, I said yes. okay, he been listening to me too, because trust me, I said it's no, literally the same thing. <laughs> when somebody says, doing it for the culture, that mean? the first thing that I go is who is economically benefiting from that very thing? And that's the piece. What, people, is, the, what is the culture? Right. How many rivals did we really have? How many rivals? Who, who is it? Alcorn? And who? I'm sorry, I, I pronounced it wrong. Alcorn in Southern. Kid ain't no other rival. Ain't no other rival. So tell me about the culture. So when we play Prairie View, are you at the game? When we play Bethune, are you there? Who else? Who else? When we play these other schools, are you there? Are you support Texas? Are you there? No, you ain't there. And then what, I, what I've been saying, if you're there... Are you in the parking lot? Or are you in the stadium? And then we're trying to fix that too. Oh no! Look, I one charge. Boom! Now you, hey, you in you in? That's it. You ain't gonna get in and be out. You should be in and in. What did the NFL do? NFL said, "Oh, y'all want to come tailgate? That's a tailgate fee." There you go. You ain't gotta go to the game. Well, it's gonna be a tailgate fee. We gotta but stop that's, this because we want to compete with the others, and you know what I'm talking about. So we need to act like the others. They don't have no problem with a home game. A home game, they don't give a damn who's on the schedule. They coming. Because they know they're going to show up. That, they coming. We got to get to that point where we're supporting in full. Not only that, 11%. You know it's 11% of, of graduates, alumni give? Right. Well, first of all, first of all, and, not, and, and that's actually skewed 
because a Claflin is above his actually five. I'm being generous. Yeah, you've been real generous. Just being generous. You've been real generous. It's really five. So and gotta, so gotta, that means that 95 percent of folks walking around with the university's logo and hat haven't sent not a dollar, haven't sent a penny. And I'm like, folks. But you got an opinion. Right. But you got $100 worth of opinion. <laughs> right. But so that is we talk about redefining the culture and redefining the mindset. Well, don't get me started. See, you get me started. You got to stop. But I do this every day. So this say, I mean, I mean, I, but, but these, these are the conversations we had. Right. And this is the conversation I purposely have on air because when somebody says, well, if our black celebrities give and I walk them through and I say, guys, political campaigns, most donations are $20, $25. I'm like, come on. I said, you can't say I love an institution if you don't send a check. Yeah, that's not our black celebrities' responsibilities. Their responsibilities is to them and their families. That's not their responsibility. They hadn't attended uh, HBCU, and they, they don't even understand right. the ramifications and, and what a HBCU will, will garnish you. I mean, my main we have two, two main factors. Our main two goals. When a kid comes to me, his mama want to know two things, and his father. What you going to feed my kid? And when my kid gonna lay his head? Let's start right there. Now the first line. Let's start right there. I know somebody watching. That first line, I know for a fact, is a huge deal because I've talked to other players, and we saw this even at, at major universities when NCAA had to change the rules. But cats, cats were like, no, we can't eat on the weekend because the cafeteria is uh, closed. Let me tell you something. That's a big. That's a big deal. That that's one thing that AD and I appreciate him. We had to address immediately. And now I'm looking through, you know, my, my uh, reminders or whatever on social, and I'm hearing that HBCU's attendance is, has skyrocketed. Yes. Skyrocketed. But guess mm -hmm. what hadn't? We don't have anywhere to put them. There you go. Housing. We're lacking housing, not just at Jackson, but everywhere. Right. So when I, when I say things like our business practices, our forward thinking, our thought process needs to advance, ain't no last being told, man. Because we got kids that want to attend our right. universities, but they can't. And we don't have the infrastructure. And again, they have an expectation also of facilities and what to expect. And if you say, you, you can't compete, say, well, just because. Come here just because. No. You gotta, and, you, and you can't be all about the culture because they're going to say, what does that mean? When a parent says, what does that mean? What you going to say? I'm waiting on y'all. <laughs> Tell me what you going to say when a parent say, when I say, well, don't worry about the housing or the, uh, you know, or the food. We have a culture. Coach Brown, what does that mean? I can't eat culture. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop. We're going to get in trouble. No, we ain't. Like, look. We're going to get in trouble. But, but, but what we're talking about here is real. Literally which I've been laying out on my show, actually, it's nearly all of our black institutions. I'm talking about black newspapers, churches, uh, HBCUs, organizations. Uh, and again, it comes down to, if you've never been used to sitting at the table of power, then you don't know what to ask for sitting at the table of power. Appreciate we, we, we've gone in and asked for small amounts, as opposed, and, and with, a hat, with a head down, trust me, I, look, Doc, I... I, I'm telling you, I, two hours a day, I'm on this every day. Hey, son, we hadn't even spoken, man. And you are right on it. I could pull out my darn phone and go to notes, and you are right on it. Ain't no lies being told. And that's the thing that hurts us the most.
because this is what we're trying to do. Yep. This is all we wake up for. It. And it's hard because you got our own people like, bro, right. what you doing, dog? And I'm like, I'm not asking for no $15,000 when my value is 150. I don't mind fighting outside the house, but when I got to fight in the house, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. That's what every marriage I did. Even if I even if I in now, right? That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Got to ask you a football question before uh, you get out. Uh, what are you looking forward to uh, this upcoming Dominate. season? Dominate. We're not. We're not just trying to win, my brother. I'm dead serious, and I'm saying this with no smile. We're trying to dominate. But the only way our kids are gonna get to the next level and get to pro, the multitude of them, is we dominate. I mean, be dominant at their positions. Be dominant when we play against other schools. Just be dominant in every aspect of their life. We got to dominate. That's the key word for our players this year. What did they learn from that Celebration Bowl game? The Celebration Bowl wasn't a test, and it wasn't a learning. Uh, what word am I trying to use? It, it, it wasn't an assignment. That's something that happened. We just lost. That's it. It's, it's, we missed the turn. We supposed to take a left here. We took a right. We missed the turn. That's it. We flushed it. We gone. We out. Let's go. That's how we attack life. That's how we attack football. That's how we attack sports. We ain't got time to be looking behind us. We got a bus kick. Give them their credit. South Carolina say, give them their credit. They kicked that bus. That's it. Let's go. What's next? So we should be looking forward to dominance. In every phase. In the classroom, in the community, and on the field. In every darn phase. All right. Appreciate you. Coach, always good to see you. You too. Ashley, good to see you. You're dirty. (laughs) So clean, he's dirty. I I look forward to popping into one of the games this year. All right, folks, uh, let's bring back my panel, Greg, Reese, Erica. We're also uh, joined by my man, Scott A. All right, Uh, folks. uh, Off script uh, TV. Uh, Scotty is going to be. contributing for the Black Star Network uh, this fall, giving us HBCU updates. Glad to have everybody here. Uh, Before I go to Scotty, I'm going to go back. So, Greg, I hope people were paying attention. That was not a sports conversation we were just having. That was a hashtag black economic social justice conversation we were having. Yeah, I'm not sure, Roland. (laughs) I, think the most I was Im- waiting for Dr. Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most important answer that Deion Sanders gave you, the word he gave, used was adolescence. What he don't know about black co- colleges is a lot. If you want to know what culture, what does that mean? Well, in addition to the band, in addition to the businesses, in addition to the vendors and those who always stay outside the stadium, I, I agree with that. You got to monetize that. In addition to the monetary value of those people who go to those schools and get those degrees and contribute to the communities, I think what Brother Sanders probably, I think a good question, for example, when he talks about alumni giving, he may be asking, well, what's the general alumni rate for the 14, almost 1,500 colleges and universities in the country? Uh, that number would be 8%. Now, if you're talking about Ohio State, where I went to undergrad, never went inside the damn stadium, it's about 20%. Harvard leads in the mid-40s. But most schools don't have alumni support. Now, if you start talking about what that means in terms of athletics, 
and we won't even deal with housing or any of that because the reason there are housing shortages at HBCUs in addition to budgets, and most of our public HBCUs are trapped in the South where the white national state legislatures have been trying to strangle them for years. So I understand, mm -hmm. you know, what he has to understand is it's more than just winning on a football field. You better get some of them damn lawyers and some of them politicians to lots so of means you're going to have to stray off into some stuff that when you was running up down field for Florida State University, you would never have gotten caught doing politics in Tallahassee because them same crackers was trying to put Florida A&M out of business. So it's a little complicated, Dion. But at any rate, when you start talking about this question of housing, and I'll just mention that briefly, you know, a lot of universities are getting out of the housing business. They're into privatization. So what you're seeing is young people are being squeezed out of housing and sh and and shoved it off campus. And most of many of our HBCUs are either in small towns or in state capitals where gentrification is real. It's a lot of moving parts, Dion. A lot of moving parts. But I'm not saying adolescence. You're just getting this under your belt. But when you say on one hand that you're talking about us coming together, and then another hand you got to kind of issue some of these traditions, and perhaps we want to dominate. I hear somebody who may not be long for the HBCU world who's got his left eye on something else. And when you start talking about copying white folks, understand mm. that you are literally going to run into the buzzsaw called white supremacy because you're beloved at Florida State. Well, at least until you start stealing some of them Negroes come play for you. Now, the problem, however, is when you look at the culture of these schools that you want to join on the athletic side, their absolute culture is based on white nationalism. When Tennessee State joined the Ohio Valley Conference, for example, one of the reasons the OVC won at Tennessee State is because black folk would travel to see Tennessee State. White folk weren't coming to Nashville, and they right. have never come to Nashville. Now, when he says we ain't got no rivals in the swag, now I know them Grambling boys were somewhere around listening, but my point is this, what the hell does that have to do with the culture of HBCU rivalries? We don't have no rivals. We ain't talking about Ohio State versus Michigan. I know you talking about Florida State versus Florida, but it ain't just uh, Alcorn. It ain't just Jackson State. You're talking about a culture. And it's very clear to me, if you go to downtown Gremlin, and I've been there several times on a football day, all the businesses get fed, and ain't nobody doing anything other than when, 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 when things stop when Gremlin plays football. I don't care who's in the stadium. Dion has a lot more to learn, and I'm afraid we might be looking at somebody who may not be long for the HBC world. I don't know what I was listening to there, Roland, in other words. Well, except so, 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 so I'll unpack it. So I'll unpack it, and I'll bring in Reese. Um, yeah. uh, Erica and then bring in uh, Scotty. So here's why I, I frame it that way. One of the advantages, I believe, in not not coming from the HBCU world is that you also you do look at things differently. And if you look at a lot of the videos that he's posted, when he's talked about uh, campuses, how they're being kept up when he visited Mississippi Valley State, when he literally showed the practice field that folks thought was just like uh, an abandoned area. What he's been doing, which I believe is effective, is also exposing the shortcomings of why are our universities looking like this, but across the street they're looking like that. And one of the things that he's also done, and this is, and again, I know this from personal experience, where I've had people say, well, this is how we do it at HBCUs. And you look at it going, yeah, but you're broke. And what is happening is, because Florida A&M dealt with that, uh, the 80 they just fired, who was bringing in business practices. He wasn't bringing in 
HBCU business practices. He said, no, this is a business practices that are period. Because they ran a deficit for a decade, he was like, you can't run a deficit. All of a sudden, they go into profitability. And so it's forcing some folks to get out of, well, this is how we've always done it. And yeah, but you also are broke. And so that is why I talk about. Go ahead. Can can I just, just, just right quick? Yes, that has to be absolutely changed. You know, we know that. This internal culture or this inferiority complex, hiring the people who are not the best people, the nepotism. But let's be crystal clear. The reason Valley's physical plan looks that way, and when you bring Albert Chambers in, he would tell us all and remind us all, go back to Title VI, goes to Air versus Fordyce. Them white boys in Mississippi wanted to close oh, yeah. Valley. They went, and at the same time, when you look at who's in the Mississippi right. State Legislature, they all went to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It ain't like black people not spending their money is why Valley looks that right. way. There are pushbacks and pullbacks. Yeah, absolutely. Right, but, 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 this is, but, but this is the value. The value is having somebody with millions of, of followers, whatever, showing it. See, I think what is, and that's why when I ask all of these coaches, I ask them, how are you now utilizing social media? When I look at what happened in Howard University, when the students showed dormitories, right. when the students right. at, uh, at other universities, and, so, and so, so what I'm saying is it's challenging the norms by which uh, we have operating. Erica, when, we, I was in, when I was in uh, Albany, talking to folks there during the campaign in 2020, sort of the same mm-hmm. thing, challenging how we've always done business. Dr. King talked about that in his book in terms of how our institutions, how we must fully equip and commit ourselves to liberation. And, and I talk about it a lot on our show. There are a lot of our folks who, frankly, are the ones who are getting in our way of advancement. It's not always just men and white folks. It's some black folk who need to get the hell out of the way who are stopping progress from happening. That was also part of the conversation that wasn't completely said. Go ahead. Erica, go ahead. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Erica, hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Um, Erica, Erica's on you. Can y'all hear me? (laughs) Um, So some of the things that um, were in uh, within the conversation um, um, that you all had um, with regard to HBCUs and just remembering what HBCUs that there was an influx of students um, during the previous administration because it was a safe haven. Uh, Students had a students felt safe being at HBCUs. Students felt more safe being under the instruction of folks that look like them. Um, So when we start barreling down kind of understanding that these institutions are in fact businesses, but what has stood the test of time has been what has been inside of these institutions of people, which is why I said earlier in my comment when I talked about the rich history of an Albany State College, now Albany State University, and how many of um, our family members would make sure that every October that we would sojourn our home, even for the folks that did not graduate from Albany State College or Albany State University. And as Dr. Uh, Carr just said to us, that the businesses um, that were in the immediate area were fed. There were heads and beds. So, of course, the hotels were booked out. Um, those mom and pop shops were taken care of. Um, institutions that maybe did not get an influx of business throughout the year were definitely taken care of um, during that homecoming time period. So I think that the essence and the richness um, that um, has been developed over many, many decades of HBCUs is something that still needs to be captured um, by those body of students that do seek it for not only education purposes, but also seek them as refuges as well. Uh, Reese, that one, the point we were talking about 
like even like with with, with the tailgating, um, you know, one of the things that someone sent out the other day uh, a roundup of the top most attended games, and I think Jackson State was like forty plus thousand, but the next school was like twenty or eighteen, then went down, down, down. We know people say, "Oh, we going for the halftime show," and I was talking to one university president who was complaining about the lack of ticket sales, but the thousands who were in the parking lot for tailgating. And I literally said, charge their ass. I said, Doc, <laughs> if they coming on your parking lot, tailgating, charge they ass. I said, if they ain't buying a ticket to the game, charge their ass to come tailgate. I said, because here's the deal. You can't, it's the same thing I keep talking about with this show. You can't say, Roland, man, we need to have black folks covering our stuff. You can't get on the plane for free. You can't, put, you can't get on the road for free. And so right. you've got to be able to pay for it. And so I think that that's where I think what, what Dion's also is shaking up is saying, hey, y'all, we can't keep having a system where the school is the one getting the least money and everybody else getting the most money, but it's the school that's driving the event. Yeah, I mean, there are, it's a very layered conversation because what I got out of the conversation is there's one providing something of value, which is what Dion, I think, is really trying to get at is saying, hey, we have to provide value so that, you know, by whether it be through housing, whether it be through 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 food uh, security or few food options, et cetera, et cetera. But then there's the other aspect of valuing what's on the table. And that's where the tailgating and things come in. I think where it gets a little tricky is it sounds just a smidge elitist at times because when you kind of center it in terms of like, look at how the white schools are doing so much better and they're doing this right and we aren't. And it kind of sounds like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, not really recognizing the things that Dr. Carr pointed out in terms of the institutional racism that has created these disparities between what HBCUs have access to as opposed to predominantly white institutions, that's when it starts to get a little tricky. And I think for Deion Sanders, he comes from a football excellence, football culture, and HBCU excellence isn't necessarily football excellence or sports excellence. So that bridging that gap is really the challenge where he has to, he has a little bit of a learning curve in terms of understanding what truly HBCU excellence is about. It's not just about football. It's not just about sports. It's not just about how nice a stadium is or, you know, different facilities. It's about much, something much deeper than that. So I think if they can bridge that, we could really get somewhere. But it also does, regardless of, you know, buildings, regardless of whatever else, Black people, first and foremost, have to value our institutions in a number of ways. We have to value yes. the HBCU games just as much as we value the NBA games. Or I yes. know a lot of black folks that didn't go to yes. Ohio State, didn't go to Michigan, didn't go to Moscow, UCLA, didn't go to a lot of places, SC, but you see them decked out. I've, I ran yes. dog, decked out from head to toe in USC uh, attire. So when yes. we start valuing even institutions we didn't necessarily go to, because I value HBCUs, I didn't go to one, then we start to get somewhere. But we have to have the conversation, I think, in a way that recognizes that we all have a little bit of work to do. Teach. Teach. Um, I want to bring in uh, my man, Scotty, uh, um, uh, All Script TV. Uh, glad uh, to have you here, uh, Scotty. You, you were at SEC Media Day, um, and, and, and you saw what that looked like. Uh, you know, you've been, you, you, you cover these games, you cover what's happening here. Uh, again, I think what is happening, not just uh, Dion at Jackson State, but look, 
Hugh Jackson at Grambling State is asking questions and, and demanding things and saying, hey, we, you know, we, 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 got, to, we got to elevate uh, this thing because this generation of athletes is like, yo, 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 if the facilities aren't, aren't up to par, we're not coming. And so, again, if, if we're talking about competing, because the reality is this is competing with Power 5. HBCUs can provide something that they cannot provide, but we've got to make sure, what, what Dion was saying in our interview, that our house is in order. It's no different when I say when we roll up to cover something, we're going to look good, we're going to sound good, our stuff is going to be straight, and ain't nobody going to say our stuff look raggedy. That's the whole point. We're going to serve, we're going to give our folks quality. Scotty, go ahead. For me, and I apologize for the background, I'm at a mixer, but for me, it's what I always get when I talk to HBCU alums is they always talk about what they are or what they can be, but they're not cultivating their backyard. You're not getting every ounce of what you have right now. You're signing bad contracts. You're getting into bad deals. You're doing bad decisions, but yet you want to move and grow forward. You know, they always say, why do lottery winners lose all their money in the next three or four years? It's because their mindset never changes. They don't understand what it's like to have that influx of money. You still keep doing the bad habits. So, yes, if there's an influx of alumni giving, are there going to be better management of funds? Are there going to be better management of how um, things are getting placed and getting distributed. Those are the things you have to worry about. So HBCUs need to be focused on getting the infrastructure together, getting the right people in place in the office to then do what you're asking and grow from there. So you know, on that particular point um, that you raised there, uh, that was why when I asked Commissioner McClellan in terms of your ESPN deal, when you deal with HBCU Go, uh, you know, how are you driving the additional uh, revenue sources because at the end of the day uh, broke is broke and you simply cannot you cannot be having a thriving conversation if you uh, if you're in a constant survival mode and so that really uh, I think is forcing uh, forcing a change in how people are approaching and viewing uh, how they're building these athletic departments um, what, what have you been seeing and hearing as you've been talking to folks at these various institutions well, for me, it's let, let's look at the stream today. If anybody goes back and watched the ESPA three stream, it was horrendous. SEC Media Day would have never looked like that. So you're allowing ESPN three to treat you any type of way. They passing mics to one another. There, the, the audio is going in and out. The, the, they're not having the right overlays. But this is what you want to be on. You want to be on ESPN three. This is this is what you're getting. You're not even holding them accountable to giving you a stream worth the product that you're putting on the field. So how is anybody supposed to take you seriously? You know what I'm saying? I went to SEC Media Day at the College Football Hall of Fame. There is an HBCU section. You telling me you can't partner with the College Football Hall of Fame and put on the same event that the SEC Network did with ESPN? No, because they treat you like second-class citizens and you're allowed it and you're just happy to be in the building so if anybody wants to believe or say oh ESPN is doing so much what are they really doing for you because what I saw were a YouTube stream and your stream Roland Martin both out outclass the ESPN 3 stream that you were so proud to be on that doesn't make any sense oh well, I didn't see, I didn't see their stream but damn we looked that good <laughs> It was, the sound was better. The shots were better. I mean, it was the overlays for the band. And you brought aspect that ESPN3 didn't even have. And when you're on a, I won't say nationally, but when you're on a digitally televised event and 
the coaches are passing the mics from one player to another because it doesn't work, something's not right. Uh, well, uh, again, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's, it's, it's all a matter of making sure uh, your stuff, stuff is straight uh, and clean. Scotty, I know you're at an event. I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to have more uh, from you uh, talking about HBCU sports uh, coming up. The season is going to be beginning. And so we look forward to having you on uh, every week, previewing games and, and, and telling people what to, what, what to look out for. Too easy. Thank you, Roland Martin. Appreciate you guys. Thanks a bunch. Uh, folks, uh, go to uh, follow Allscript uh, on Instagram, on Twitter, and also subscribe to his YouTube channel. Folks, we didn't just talk to uh, Coach Sanders. We did catch up uh, with man Hugh Jackson, uh, who is the new head football coach at Gramley State. Here's our conversation. Coach Jackson, how you doing? Continue doing laying it's out an honor our to sit here with the, the great American Roland people. Mark. Man, glad, glad to see you. Uh, saw forward, you a few months ago when I was on a campus. Of facts and, uh, we drove clear. around, had a good time. There can uh, be no doubt basketball that game there was yes. a coordinated uh, and, so multi-step effort. So y'all was messing with Coach earlier because y'all know <laughs> the grand election really overseen and directed Eddie Robinson threw that little red in there. And so earlier, can be no doubt that he commanded a mark. He had the outfits on. You need to airdrop me some of those photos. I got, I got to show you all these photos <laughs> uh, of the suits. He's, he got, he's rocking. The teams are rocking. So first of all, let, let's just talk about that. Uh, those, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the look yes. that, that you want for your team. Well, Roland, I think it's important that we be clean all the time. I think uh, the two student athletes that came with me, I wanted this to be an unbelievable experience for them. Uh, this is a chance for us to come and have people see what Gremlin is going to be. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be one of the best HBCU uni universities there's been, because at one time it was. Um, for you coming in, um, what has been the transition? What has it been like? Uh, what have you, whatever you identified beyond the team itself as critical needs to upgrade uh, the program? You know, Roland, the critical needs that we have is probably the same throughout every school in the HBCU space. We need more resources. We need to have a better environment for our student athletes to be the best they can be. I think we got to value our student athletes more than what we have. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about when you weight rooms, nutrition, recovery. I think all those things we can be better at and we should be better at. It's interesting, I, when I was talking to uh, Coach Sanders, uh, he, said, uh, the, the one, he said the first thing a mama or daddy says is, um, are you going to take care of my son yes. when it comes to eating? And, and, I, and I stopped, I said, and, and that's something, again, the average person that just, just assumes, oh, you've got these great cafeterias or whatever, but, but that is a huge piece right there in terms of making sure your players are getting um, uh, proper nutrients. Yes. Because uh, a lot of them, their backgrounds, where they're coming from, I mean, that's a huge thing. You just said it, Roland. Most of these young men are used to only having one meal. You know, one meal a day. And so that's not the environment we should provide. And it's not the environment that we do provide. There's a breakfast, lunch and dinner um, uh, format that is in place. But we have to do that even better for them because there's guys that need to gain weight. There's guys that need to lose weight. There's guys that that are in between that need to maintain their weight. So you have to find a way as a university to manage those things. Um, in terms of uh, this being for you. Um, you come in uh, high. Uh, folks are excited. Then you choose an offensive coordinator. Art Browse causes a natural controversy. Mm -hmm. Then, uh, then he has to leave. Uh, and so, 
what is an adjustment been like for you? Just, just again, dealing with all that where every move you make is a major deal. It is. And you said it, Roland. Every move that we've tried to make has been major. You know, before there was Art Browse, there was Ted White who left to go to Houston Texans. He was my coordinator. And then there was Art. And so I just made a decision after Art that I'm going to go back and do it myself. You know, when you take these jobs, you want to be involved in everything as the head coach, uh, because you should be. But at the same time, when you see a need in the area, you have to take that on. And that's my expertise. And so I'm going to be the coordinator as well. Uh, I was uh, talking to Commissioner earlier. He talked about um, $8.4 million being distributed uh, to these SWAC schools. Uh, he talked about uh, you know, where they stand. You don't just bring a coaching uh, background. You also bring, uh, by being in the NFL, understanding that that is a $15 billion a year enterprise. Uh, and so how have you been weighing in uh, on the conference saying how it needs to elevate itself uh, to, to, to monetize uh, these HBCU schools? You know, it's interesting, Roland, because now is the time. You know, that's what the National Football League did. They looked at it and they grew together, made a decision. We're going to work together and build it. And they've become legendary. The National Football League will be legendary. Now it's time for the HBCUs to do the same. We need to work together, not work against each other, to build this brand right, because we do. We have a tremendous opportunity with all these great coaches, all these great players to, to do something legendary. But we have to do it together, and we got to move, make the right moves and the right decisions as we move forward to build this brand better than what it's been. When you um, talk to your other coaches, mm -hmm. um, and they're talking about, obviously, their programs, what needs are, things along those lines, um, what are y'all also conveying how you speak as a collective as opposed to individual schools. You just said it. I think it's time for us to unite. I think every coach, we all have things that we need. We all have things that we can do better. Um, but we need to be able to talk about those things in, in public. You know, we talk about a lot of things in private. You know, we all know that normally things are talked about in private and things are or happen in public, but we gotta we gotta get this change. We need to talk about these things in public, so hopefully in private we can move the needle for what we truly believe our student athletes need. All right, y'all. Speaking of uh, student athletes, uh, I had a conversation with a couple of Jackson State players, and we talked about football. We talked about all those different things. Uh, you had Sh Shallow Sanders. You had uh, their uh, the number one uh, dual threat quarterback in the country. Travis Hunter, boy, the, the Power Five schools were hot that Dion got him. Now, I don't know how in the hell Greg, Reese, and Erica, we got around talking about fishing, but the conversation sure went sideways real fast. So, I mean, I pretty much just do my own thing. I like to fish a lot, so I'll probably be fishing more times than I'll be So, you like fishing? Yeah, that's all I do is fish. Oh, well, so, well, you, well you know, his dad loves fishing. Smoked them already. Oh! <laughs> You spoke to him? Out of there. I, 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 yeah. I, I look. I, yeah. I, 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 you say you did? Yeah, he did. They, they don't want no work with me, man. I fish in my house. I don't like fishing in ponds. <laughs> oh, really? at the crib. It's okay. We was on the pond. We was on the pond. Yeah, we yeah. was in the pond. We wasn't at my house. But, so so, so y'all had a fishing competition? Yeah, we went. Where we times. go? We went to Academy Sports. Uh-huh. Yeah, we got a... 
Uh, we went to the Academy Sports Little Fishing Tournament, and you know, I ain't, I ain't really catch anything because that's not what I'm used to. I'm okay. used to fishing in my backyard. You, you see. <laughs> see, but look, I ain't never been on no legal in there. That was my first time being on the boat. Yeah, that's the first time being on the boat. <laughs> so it's different, though. You smiling real hard. You like because he know he got the up on me in that. So I don't, you know, I let him I have fish. it. Uh, they play around. I fish. Nah, Whoa, you fish play around. Well, you said they I play go, around. You well, fish. Wherever I go, I'm gonna fish. Yeah, he will. I don't know how. I, it, it's too boring for me. See, you patience, to catch yeah. Bluegills. Who, who, who want to catch a, a panfish? That's not fun. No, I, I'm playing golf. I'm y'all, y'all fish all. Uh, I can't y'all, y'all, okay, y'all, y'all, y'all can fish all day long. I'm gonna make golf. me some birdies. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't, do that. I can't agree with I can't, the golf. I can't man. My QB coach just started doing that. You man. can't agree with the golf, uh-huh. man. You know the folk I've connected with in golf around the world. That's yeah, a lot but that's different though. That's different. Though. Like you, you said, I'm not. I, I like doing stuff I like to do. I know me going on a golfing course. That's not what I want to do. So. Cause that, cause you, cause you know how to swing. See, but nah, look, you don't know how to fish. That's why you don't like fishing. No, I fished when I was young. I fell asleep. It was too boring. It's too slow. Cause you don't know how to fish. What yeah. well, y'all, 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 y'all fish fast? Is that what you say? Yeah, I fish fast. Yeah, we catch. Okay. Fishing, we catch. All right. We're gonna catch. What time? What time you gotta get up in the morning? And go. It don't fish? matter what time. No, it don't matter what time. As long as you use the right thing, as long as you know how to fish, you gonna catch a fish. No, dog, I gotta play golf. Y'all had that. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on the golf. I'm, 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 go, I'm gonna catch birdies. I'm gonna yeah. catch birdies. Just invite me to the golf course and I'll fish your puns for you, all right? Huh? Yeah, he'll he'll fish in the pond. Well, we'll see what that golf swing look like. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what that goes. I, I, I can do a little something. I can't do too much. Okay, well, well, I can. I'm a 6.5 handicap. Never mind, you got that. I don't even know what that means. You know what that means? That means I'm damn good. Okay. That means I can golf my ball. The only golfing I do is top golf, man. That's it. That's it. That's the only top swing golf. I can do. Video, Instagram, Deion Sands Jr., go check man, it out. Man, come on. That ain't golf. What is it? Then? It's all good. You, you I'm going to put my, I, put my top golf. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers. 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Clip where I hit the ball far on my story today. Y'all go check it out. Did he go straight or did he go far left or right? Straight. What you mean? Yeah, okay, yeah. I, be... I didn't say I was consistent with it. But oh, oh. I hit one. Oh, okay. All right, I'll... Yeah, I'll be looking forward to that uh, video, uh, seeing that particular video there. So, uh, yeah. So, okay. So, so with with this with this with this fishing thing, uh, do y'all have um, uh, y'all y'all y- 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 plan on having a competition during the season or? or... Oh, no, not during the season. Football. Yeah, we always on football. Yeah, but we saying, like that. I said, you know, over a break, maybe a bye week or something. You know, he could. I'll tell him come to my house. Throw him in that pond, man. Let him let him do what he got to do. Cook some fish, you know. Have the chef come over, do what he do. You don't seem to be. Look, he got a chef. Yeah, I'm cooking my own fish. You don't, don't seem to be sold. I'm doing all that myself. <laughs> he do, he do. So you gonna scale it and do all I'm that? Doing all that. But that's what I'm saying. You could do it. But I ain't gonna trust what you're doing, though. I, don't trust it. I, we can eat like a family, though. <laughs> I'm gonna eat my fish. You eat yours. Yeah, for sure. But 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 see what you, for your deal is what you're saying is he talking about in the backyard your deal is I, you can do it anywhere yeah I'm anywhere I'm going to hit backyard and smoke him in his own backyard oh now nah, he probably can that's the thing like what I'm saying I'm not going to talk about something I'm not like great in I I can fish but I'm not great in fishing no gotcha but well, just like I like I said golf just so you know that that's a golf swing right here just so you know in terms of how you're going to stroke the ball hit this leg down the fairway finish I did that yesterday. I was asleep, though, but I did it. Oh, you were asleep? Yeah, yeah, I did it. Right, right. You had that golf turn with that boot on your foot, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay, all right. I was asleep. Yeah, you were asleep. That precise <laughs> hit. All right. Gentlemen, good to see you. Good good, good luck uh, this season. Uh, and uh, look forward to seeing uh, how you perform on the field. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And let's... <sighs> all right, Erica, Reese, and Greg, let me see. I think out of three of y'all, I think, Erica, you probably fish, huh? Absolutely not. Um, I am from the South. 
I do not like flies, mosquitoes, worms, none of that. Absolutely not. I have gotten Damn, plenty of Damn, you can't go outside. Well, <laughs> I mean, I do. But I'm saying I have gotten plenty of whoopings for acting the ass on a fishing trip. I'm not trying to do it. I don't want to be out there with bugs and worms and funk and guts. I'm not getting... No, it's a hard no. And I took my, my whooping like a real G. No question. And I went home. Absolutely. It's a hard pass. No, thank Reese, you. No Reese, you. Reese, you fish? You know I don't damn fish. Absolutely not. If I'm on the boat, there needs to be a Bluetooth, there needs to be some twerking, some cigars, and some whiskey. That's my idea. That's the only kind of fun I want to have on a boat. Fishing is boring. It's, it's not for me. If it's for you, that's fine. But I, I'm no, that's not my idea of a mm -hmm. fun time. Mm -mm. All right, Greg. See, if, see if you can see if you can try to uh, carry the panel. You fish, Greg? I haven't been fishing in years, but <laughs> I had I I can and have fished. And part of it is I left the South because it is a fishing culture. And Erica mm -hmm. Southern gets. You know how it is. My daddy, my uncle Aaron, they get to Georgia and them Negroes pull out that ice chest Ooh. and fill it up. Whatever oh they drink. Lord. If we was little boys, they wouldn't even trust us with the uh, with the reel. They gave us them Ooh. cane poles. I mean, be five, six years old. First, that's the first time I ever seen us. That's the first time I ever seen a, a a squirrel skin. My uncle Doc standing there and everybody. He skinned that squirrel with that knife, and I'm standing there looking at him like, man, I guess this is what it takes to be a man. I must have been six, six, seven years old. <laughs> but I'm saying I to say that uh, it makes me think of the late Greg Tate, who edited a book called Everything But the Burden. You see that conversation that them two young brothers were having is exactly the kind of thing white folks love. Them old Southern boys, they like that kind of thing, but they didn't show that check. They didn't show that $5,000 check that Travis Hunter won from Academy Sports, which has about 260 stores around the country. They didn't, uh, you know, and young brother Sanders signed a name, imaging, and likeness deal with Beats by Dre. You saw him drop his website in there as you, as you were talking. Mm, see, I didn't see that. That was smart. Like, of it course. all like fun and games to so. counting that money. Now, you know, them boys at Florida State got mad when that young brother from West Palm Beach, uh, was it West Palm? No, yeah, but you heard him say he never been on the boat, right? That's all cute when you <laughs> run up down the field for Florida State, but when you over there at Jackson State, and the culture moves over there. It ain't funny no more. And, and I'll end with this. Uh, yesterday, I was in class, and I told you I got these freshman basketball, football, and, and volleyball players, women and men. We in Douglas Hall at, at Howard, and we're in class, and a bunch of little kids walk by the back of the, the, the classroom. And I said, who are those, those kids? One of the brothers got up, found out, and then, oh, well, they here visiting. They're from Southeast D.C., when I tell you that we invited them in, wow. it was a bunch of six, seven, eight, nine, ten-year-olds with their with wow. the adults at them. They'd never been on a college campus. <laughs> All mm. young student athletes. And we spent the next hour just letting them talk about what they wanted to do with their lives, how these young and these are young freshmen and freshmen, women and men, ball players. And when I tell you the way their faces lit up and the way they had that conversation, the conversation y'all had, I want to see a conversation like that that is tied to the institution, so that what we see is they're more than just ball players with interesting, colorful stories. Hell, that's what integration wanted. What we really have to do is channel that into the institutional strength so that children can say, 
I want to go to Jackson right. State instead of wearing all this paraphernalia. I want to go in there. I know how to fish, man. But now we not only need people who know how to fish, we need some sports stores other than 5,000 check handing out academy sports. I need to become a lawyer so I can learn about name, image, and license so that, you know what I'm saying? So it ain't right. just beats by Dre. And that, brother, uh, uh, brother Sanders, the coach that is, that's the culture, brother. That's what we mean by the culture. Anyway, but I'll, I'll stop. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I just want to add to what Sandy, Greg said um, when I talked about NYS. If I could just add the quickly, that was the importance of NYSP when you talked about that made me think about right. what I mentioned before earlier. Having right. those athletes, and then we were on campus as well, and I can, I, you know, it would be great to see the statistics of the number of people that decided to attend HBCUs, primarily um, Albany State um, University. But the impact of being on campus for an entire summer with um, right. those uh, that student body, um, it it, le it leaves an indelible mark, um, and I know That's it will to those um, young folks as well too. That's right. Um, well, uh, Sandy W on YouTube says, uh, to be truthful, that the car was probably reading a book in the boat. I wasn't in the boat. <laughs> no, I'm not getting in the boat, man. Let's be clear. Fishing, Roland, you told him with golf. Just like golf, not a game. Fishing, not a game in the South, baby. Now, they oh, no. told you they gave us the cane poles. We didn't get the good reels. <laughs> when they ain't mess around. No, sir. Yeah, now, and you had to catch your own well, sugar well, cane poles. Well, 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 well look, do, look, do, do understand. <laughs> just like they serious, they serious about fishing, I'm serious about golf. My plane yes, landed uh, at 842 uh, yesterday in Birmingham, uh, I got my bags by 9.15. Uh, I teed off at 10.55. Uh, so I got in 18 holes, shot a 80, shot a 38 on the front, a 42 on the back. Uh, that's an 82. Some of y'all out there just sent, bring your ass if you want to play. Trust me, I take all your mortgage and your, and your rent money. Uh, so uh, had a good time. So uh, I'll be uh, uh, I'll be back in uh, back in D.C. tomorrow. I, I got to go. The folks at the Birmingham Association of Black Journalists uh, they are having uh, a reception uh, for me and some of the other folks uh, who are here in town. So we're going to swing by there uh, right now. Uh, let me think. I'm going to run the John. Uh, I'm going to run my man. Uh, uh, the John. Uh, John interviewed the John Grant interview for ESPN. Run it tomorrow uh, on uh, today's show. If y'all want to actually see our entire coverage of SWAC Media Day, just simply go to the Black Star Network app. Uh, you can see all of it. Uh, we actually carried it live, uh, and so that's why we do what we do. And I'm gonna have to go look at the ESPN three uh, uh, coverage, see what Scotty was talking about, so I can see what it looked like. Uh, but y'all understand, y'all understand how we roll and how we do what we do. Uh, we want to do more of this. We would love to financially be in a position to go to the CIAA Media Day, the MEAC Media mm. Day, uh, and all the other conferences to be able to give that sort of coverage. Uh, and, and, because I keep, I keep saying this, y'all. I keep saying this. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. That's right. It, you, you, you heard what Scotty said. How our stuff looked, how ESPN stuff looked, and we ain't got Disney money. Oh, but if I did, you would know what would happen. And so <laughs> this is why when y'all hear me fighting and advocating for us to get black-owned media dollars, it's to be able to do this, to send crews, and not just me. I can't go everywhere, but to hire other reporters and hosts and be able to do these things. And so that's why we do what we do. That's why we advocate uh, as hard as we do, uh, because this is about uh, covering us. I mean, coming up, 
we're going to be, uh, I got the email, I already knew about it, but uh, Saturday, uh, Rock Nation is, uh, just so y'all understand, again, I'm going to walk y'all through this, and this is just literally the next seven days. Just so y'all understand, when you talk about blackness and what happens in uh, black culture, in terms of what we do when we talk about the culture, okay? So the folks at Rock Nation uh, on uh, Saturday, their whole Rock Nation and the United Justice Coalition are having their inaugural social justice conference. Now, they got a bunch of folks uh, on the list, Yo Gotti, Charlamagne the God, Ben Crump, Letitia James, Soledad O'Brien, Dr. Bernice King, the families of Eric Garner, Botham Jean, Antoine Rose, Terrence Crutcher, uh, and others. They're talking about one big guest. Uh, they're having all these people talking about decriminalization of mental health, conditions of confinement, policing in America, all those different things. And don't understand, when I first heard about this here, first thing I sent them a note was, I said, yo, where in the hell is black media? Mm-hmm. Where's black media, black-owned media on the panel? So they hit me, and I said, I said, listen, they, so they're asking me, they're asking us to cover it. I told them point blank, yo, y'all streaming it? No. I said, well, that's what we do. So uh, we'll be there Saturday. Sunday, my man Wendell Haskins, Hampton graduate, he put on his original tee golf classic where the money benefits to black golfers, this next generation of young cats who can't afford to be able to, to um, uh, play. And so maybe he's been doing it for years. He's honoring Alonzo Mourning. That golf tournament is on Sunday. I've been playing this tournament a number of years. We're going to be there covering that on Sunday. Monday, yes. we're in New York City, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because the Jackie Robinson Museum uh, is opening. Mm. Major League Baseball is going to be covering, but they don't have the exclusive. We're going to be live streaming, broadcasting from there as well, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So, folks, that's just what we're doing in the next seven days. That's the culture. I dare that's the, the rest of these so-called new black media or even yes. old black media, whatever. I want to know what y'all doing. What y'all doing? Mm. I'll yeah. wait. So under, understand this is what we are about. And so we're about talking, you know, covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. Uh, so please support us in what we do, folks. Uh, first and foremost, download the app. We, we know we, we should have 100, 200,000, 300,000 downloads by now. We launched Black Start Network September 4th, 2021. We're still trying to get to 50,000 downloads, y'all. And so Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. And when I say your dollars matter, I'm telling you your dollars matter. Listen, the stories are already happening right now. Digital ad spending slowing down. People are concerned, possible recession. And so you know what's going to happen. They, they catch a cold, we catch pneumonia. And so we want to be sure that we're in a position where we're still able to cover stuff, be able to pay salaries, all those different things. And so when you contribute your dollars, it matters. Uh, our goal is to get 20,000 people annually who give on uh, average 50 bucks each. That's $4.19 a month, 13 cents a day, for us to be able to do what we do. And so, folks, trust me, uh, when you give to Cash App or PayPal or Venmo or Zelle or you send a check on money order, I can guarantee you that money is going to use for equipment, it's going to staff, it's going to travel, it's going to allow us to be able to continue to build and grow. I already told you we launched the Black Star Network September 4, 2021. We already have seven shows 
on the air. We got two other shows that I would love to launch. I would love by the end of the year to have a total of 10 shows on the air. We don't have millionaires and billionaires cutting checks, uh, funding us. Uh, you know, we're doing this. Uh, again, I have not. Uh, people have approached me, hey, can I buy a piece? Uh, but if they aren't bringing value, I'm not interested. Uh, and so this is about us covering what matters to us and not having to ask people uh, for permission to do so. And so please, checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell is rolling at rollinsmartin.com. Uh, folks, the January 6th committee, uh, their hearings have taken place. We are live streaming that as well. And so all you got to do is we sign off right now, click over to our other stream and watch the January 6th committee hearing right here on the Black Star Network. I'll see you guys back in D.C. tomorrow. Talk to you later. Holla! <clears throat> From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Hyundai. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.